You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy I'm, 21st. Thank you. I am <laughs> here with a very special guest who I've mentioned many times in this podcast. Her name is, to me, will always be forever Miss Williams. That's it. That's cool. You can go with that. Chrissy Yurick Williams. That's right. But to you, Miss Williams. Yep. Miss Williams forever. Yeah, you man. are one of, I just want to say straight off the back here, you are one of the most influential people influential people I've had in my life when it comes to teachers that have actually taken the time and effort into going and like taking the time really to put in for their kids like mm-hmm. they're actual students and it's it's ridiculous to even ask that of anybody especially um for a teacher to teach a class of what 20 like almost 20 30 kids yeah man 22 now and it's like to the effort that each kid needs their own each kid has their own steps, their own little way to move forward. You know, some kids are quicker at learning. Some kids are slower. When it comes to, like, math, I was crap at it. You know, I didn't have that passion. I had too much energy. I was ADHD, you know, Uh hyper little kid. I'm honored to be here, man. It's super great to see you. 11 years later, I think. Basically, yeah. I was around 9 I had you in third grade, and it was... um, well, it's like all teachers, you know, we're pretty much into it, the good ones, because like we seriously know that we can yeah. be your biggest cheerleader. And that's what I was for you. Your yeah. mom stepped you in that day and I'll never forget it. You were the supporting wall that told me that school is there's there's some teachers that aren't going to care about you. But there are some that are going to literally put in every Everything. single amount of effort. You need help after school. And yep. a lot of a lot of teachers are like, oh, you can do this after school class. You can do this after school class. No, you're like, Robbie you're going to sit here with me and we're going to figure this out. If I had a problem with a book, if I couldn't read something, you were like, hey, you need to, you need to sit here and, you know, find a way to do it. And you would incorporate it, not just like make me sit there and yeah. do it like my grandparents I used to let you would. drum. Yes. Yeah, man. There you go. How do you remember that? I all remember right. it all. I yeah. Had, that was a big outlet <laughs> for me because my dad and everybody in my family having a music background mm-hmm. and it was just... that uh, before we even get down into this because we're already at such a good point (laughs) I wanted to ask you what professionally do you still teach professionally absolutely I am a educational rock star are you going to keep that going for as long as you possibly can? I totally can? am. As long as I possibly am here in Worcester County and then definitely want to take my light somewhere else because, you know, down south possibly, Key West, you know, a good friend yeah. that's down there, my story type things. But, dude, uh, it's like a passion of mine. But I think I knew that I was a helper really early on. Like when, when you were a child? Yeah. But when you came into my room, I'll never forget that moment. Like, I literally remember having a discussion with your mom. And Dr. Gaddis, who uh, I remember when you switched schools and your mom literally reached her hand out to me and I felt connected to your mom instantly, like instantly, like I had known her before, never met her, you know? I think 98.1 was on then, were they? No, I don't think so. Yeah, and... Uh, Pretty sure she was probably on X1069 back before that closed yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember she, she didn't tell me your whole story. But uh, she was just like, so my son, he's really musical, and he just didn't have a very good experience where he was last. 
and she didn't give me a whole lot. And I'm like, hey, it's what it's it's cool. I'm gonna love him like I love them all, you know. So do you know the story of why I even transferred? Yes, I do. I do. I actually listened to your podcast where you mentioned me not too long ago. So you were in a scenario with 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 some people, and it happens a lot where you know we don't teachers or professionals or administrators or schools really don't know what's up equipped don't know what to do with a child but i love the shift in education now because we're putting so much into like mental health finally yeah and trauma and adhd and anxiety and what do you mean you're putting so much more more we're putting as as a school system like as a just as a universe i think in actually what's some certain examples besides the teachers like individual teachers taking their time and effort into it are you guys doing more programs like well we are being trained on trauma we're being trained on really yeah it's it's super is it just that school system or is there no it's everywhere everywhere i think it's everywhere i think i think the i think the world is waking up to the fact that we need a lot more love and understanding and also the world's waking up to the fact that we can't just throw pills at kids and expect them to be able to take those absolutely we're trying we're trying to figure out like what's what's up yeah a lot a lot more training with the brain a lot more training with empathy you know and when you came in your mom was like, yeah, he has ADHD. And I'm like, all right. And you know, I had, I had, I had a child at that point. Yes. I think I had just had Zoe. Yeah. And um, she was a little bit younger than me. <laughs> exactly. And actually, you know, I probably had grace too. So I didn't really have my own personal experiences yet with ADHD or anxiety, but with my own children, but dude, I had it fully in my childhood, you know? fully in my childhood i i had um you know i had those teachers like you did um that were like what the heck is wrong with her man you know we're just gonna set her over here in the corner and let her do her thing and i was just like dude i'm never gonna be that teacher like ever you just find you've got to find the light man you got to find like the drive and every kid and with you you were so uh you smiled Despite everything you were going through, despite my messed up teeth, I smiled. I never, I never, I never noticed your teeth. Oh my god, my teeth are horrible. Hey, it's that. It's from it's from my brother. A little bit of that. Me and him going (laughs) bashing back and forth, knocking out the baby teeth. But I mean, the fact you got to understand. I when I left, yeah, drums. When I left this school system, or not this school system, but my other school. I was dealing with so much, so much going on. I was going to my grandparents every weekend. They lived up in Delaware. They were driving. We were staying the nights there. They were driving me like to school because there was stuff going on at home. Either we were moving, we mm-hmm. were doing something. We were always moving. Mm-hmm. That's not my parents' fault. That's the economy system. That's right. just how, you know, stuff happens. Right. And they get in tough situations where they're not going to be home and they can't worry about us. They have to have someone take care of us. But... We, uh, it was, it was the hardest thing traveling, getting up and two hours earlier than we normally would get up just to go to school. Just to go to school. And because they lived in Delaware, so we are traveling an hour mm-hmm. from there all the way up to here. Mm-hmm. And that's on a good day if there's no traffic. Sitting there watching like movies in the, in the min- minivan. Man. And you know, it, I'd get dropped off at school and I would wake up. I remember the one specific dream I had, one of my parents was in a car accident. 
And I, I, I freaked out. And my dad, I was with my dad at the time, and he drove me to the school mm-hmm. to get ready, drop me off, say goodbye. And I see him as he's driving off and making sure he's okay and leaving. Mm-hmm. And I saw him. He said he dropped something and he had to pick it up off the floor. But his car swerved, and it was like it was in this area right before you leave there was a tree and I thought he was going to hit the tree and I started freaking out and screaming and it had me shook up all morning you were like seven yeah and you still remember this dream I remember I remember 100% down to every minute detail of it and I ended up telling my parents about it later or later that day at we went to where it was an old Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was. It's now a bank now, mm-hmm. but in Berlin, the mm-hmm. Bank of Ocean City, that yeah, one that's yeah. right there, used to be a little Mexican restaurant. Yeah, I took my mom, or my mom took me and my dad and my brother. We went there, and I explained this dream to them, and they were like, "That's that's strong." I mean, I can understand where you would cry from that. But I walked into class all shook up, and it wasn't the first time I had something like that. I was getting these strong dreams and like nightmares, mm-hmm. basically, that mm-hmm. were. So that would just affect me emotionally throughout the day where I have it thinking about it all the time, just worried about my family, making sure they're okay. And I would walk into this class and this teacher this one time said, I can't deal with him today. And then at that point, every time I showed up after that, I was put in basically solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. It was punishment. I was in a white room. I swear to you. what not. You did not need that at all. You just needed somebody to listen to you. I was I was in a, a like room. Validate you. Yeah, I was in a white room with a desk. I mean, a straight up desk, like the, the just sitting. That that's it. And then there was a, a window, one little window, a square little window, like in the door, mm-hmm. so you could look through. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a jail cell. And I remember the teacher would walk by every now and again and just look in the window. Mm-hmm. I had no. There were no phones back then. There was mm-hmm. nothing I could do. I was sitting there with a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper, a pencil. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they bring in a booklet or a packet for me to do. They just shove it at me and just leave me in there. They nobody took the time. Right. My first grade teacher did. You did. Mm-hmm. My fourth grade teacher, you know, Mr. Booth. Oh, he's, he's somebody amazing. I want. He's him still on, there. I still see him at the gym. Actually, we're going to be doing an after school club together. He actually does a gentleman's club for our school after school, and I'm helping him with that. So I will definitely get him on here. He would be honored to you do gotta, that. You got to talk to him he's for amazing. me about that. I would love to have him on my podcast. And he has an amazing story, and he's been teaching still a long time. But, dude, I remember when you walked into that room, and I remember your mom. I remember your mom telling me about nightmares. And that kind of hit me because I was a kid that used to have nightmares, too. And I think, um, I think at the moment, one of my children were having nightmares. And I just remember, like, okay, this, I'm just going to make this kid happy. And who did I introduce you to? Was it Matt? Matt Brissy. Yeah, see? You introduced me to a kid that was just as shy as I was yes. worried about entering this new class. And you, well, you introduced me to the whole school, like the whole Co- class classroom. first. Mm-hmm. But then you took Matt individually and said, I think you'll get along with this person. Yeah. And a kid that was wearing all black, like basically it seemed like the complete opposite to how I was. But he, was, I was, he was into the same things you were. Yeah, and I didn't know this. And See, and that's the thing We about became teaching. best friends. Like, I was I sleeping at his house. His mom's I see amazing. his mom and his, his dad still, yep. and they hug me and say, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Even though me and Matt aren't super close anymore, mm-hmm. just with getting older and school comes yeah. and all that yeah but i mean i used to hang out with him every single day i remember day. that i think i remember seeing you guys like skate up and down berlin we lived <laughs> yeah we lived you know? right across he the, was right on he was, yeah he yep. was right by the firehouse right yep, where i yep, was yep, so yep. i'd be like going to matt's house and the, uh, my parents this was the time where you could actually let your kids go out on the street in yeah. like a scooter we or still kind of do in berlin it's super awesome but it's like it 
a lot of places you can't do that anymore. I know, I know. Trying to have like, I remember well when I was 15 years old and I was skating through Ocean City. My mm -hmm. dad like that's when I had a cell phone. My mm -hmm. dad was calling me every mm -hmm. hour, and you know eventually he figured it out. Like once I hit 17, it was mm -hmm. like all right, you don't need to keep track of him. He'll be home when he gets home and all yeah. that. But it's like you can't do that with your kids in Ocean City compared mm -hmm. to o our Ocean Pines or Berlin. Mm -mm. You can't just have your kids go. Oh, hey, you know, eight or nine years old, go it's, skate it's around. Crazy. I mean, I grew up in West Ocean City. Like I used to biked across the bridge to go sit on the beach you know i used to bike across the bridge i used to walk my mom was born on golf course road she used to like walk from golf course road to the beach to her job yeah but i mean there's still definitely those people out there that trust everything going on but you're right you have to be super cautious i just believe that you know like there's some people had a really bad run of the go at things i definitely did at the start but, you know, I, I, there, th what happens and what forms you in that moment is mm -hmm. how, you know, someone takes the time and effort mm -hmm. into really putting in time with their students, which is it, the biggest influence and possible benefit of your job, being a teacher. Mm -hmm. It is ridiculous, first of all, how much you guys get paid to do what you do. Right, right. So if you want to go into that, you can <laughs> probably explain a little bit more on pay. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we definitely are not in it for the pay, like, like, like we're in it for exactly what you said. I mean, come on, it's 11 years later and you're coming back to me and I have so many old students come back to me and want to hang out, you know? Not That's only, why we're in it. Not only <clears throat> did I come back 11 years later and talk to you, right. you remember these details and these oh, yeah. certain things that are now clicking in my memory, getting the wheels turning <laughs> where I'm like, how did she even remember that? Dude, you, uh, I think I put, I think I put little soft things on your pencils so that you could just drum in your desk, man. You did. Do I was that. just like, you put dude, the, you put if the, this makes you feel better, the eraser go caps. ahead. Yeah, I mean, caps. and that's that's what that's what I mean as a system, like our school system, and I definitely think in this country we are so much more mindful to what kids need. You know, let's just do what they need. Uh, I don't remember that you were bad at math. I don't remember if you struggled in reading. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that crazy? Like, I remember. Well, you're one of the teachers that took the time and found my um, outlet for uh, spelling. Spelling, yeah. Grammar. That's very, that's, very, that's very typical, too, with like kids with ADHD, you know, to have difficulty. You know, the one thing I do, I'm surprised that you figured out that a lot of teachers I don't think really even figured out was... I, when I had when they were explained that I did have ADHD mm -hmm. and you could kind of sense that I was hyperactive, mm -hmm. you'd let me stay an extra ten minutes or oh. make sure I ran a lap or something yeah. before I came back in the class. Still do that today. And that that little bit, oh, that helped me focus so much. Absolutely. You were like you literally would sit out there and I, you if you saw me not doing anything at recess, yeah. like not moving around like I used to or not yeah, having like, either a good time or doing something be like. Hey Robbie, why don't you go run down there and back? And yes. then I run back like, okay, <laughs> all right. And then you kick a ball or something. Go kick, go get that and come back. Like, uh -huh. not, not really like I was a dog, but no. more like the fact Just that like get your you out. know I needed that little push before I was not going to pay attention. I was going to end up disrupting the whole class, and that wasn't just. I, that probably wasn't your fear that I would disrupt it, right. but more the fact that you're trying to get me to learn. Right. But, you know, that, that's a big thing. I would try and class clown it. I would bring it out. I would bring out jokes to make everybody laugh because I felt uncomfortable. I had too much yes. energy. I needed something. Yeah, your anxiety. You were trying to fit in. But, you know, I love to laugh. I love kids in my room. I actually have one right now who I'm letting drum, who I'm letting, you know, obviously we let stand up, who he gets early exits, you know, where he just can't handle being in line. And it's like, hey, 
Uh, we're going to let you go to your specials just about a minute early. Time it a little bit different. He takes a couple more laps, you know? Like, we find what you need. But, I mean, every human just needs different things. You also did a star book or sticker book. Do you still do that? The sticker book? Yeah. Oh, uh, you liked those stickers. I did like you those stickers. You liked the smelly ones, if I can yes, remember. very <laughs> the much. The fuzzy ones, you know? That was, like, my, yes! that was my little thing you to get going. You actually collected sticker books. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. You would bring them into me and show me your sticker books. I know, yeah. I forgot about that. That's that's a trip. That was a big thing yeah, because I would always go huge. home and show my mom, see, I was good today. See, I was good mm -hmm. today. Yeah, the different things like that we still do. I mean, hey, I, I still like to get a gold star every down then. Exactly. It's still, like, we have this whole philosophy at school. It's called bu bucket filling now. And it came from a book. And it's a super awesome concept. It's called Have You Filled a Bucket Today? And uh, one of my colleagues brought it to my attention. I, th I think someone gave it to her at, like, her mother's funeral. Because, you know, that can be very profound and healing. Yeah. And it's this concept about everyone walks around, like, with an invisible bucket. And you carry your feelings and emotions and fears in this invisible bucket. And you can have your bucket filled by doing great things for other people. Like, I'm going to smile at you today. Hey, I just filled your bucket. Like, I'm going to do something nice for you today. I'm going to pick up your books because you fell them. I'm going to hold open a door. But then there's the flip side, which is really important when you teach kids about kindness. You can dip into people's buckets, too. Like, when, you're, when you say something mean to someone, you actually are dipping into their bucket and taking out Some of their joy. all their joy. You um, could send them a mean text and you're hurting them you're taking out all you're taking out some of their joy but hey guess what you're also taking out your joy too and that's kind of how like we've tried to teach bullying and mean and being and how it's not cool to be mean because usually those kids are walking around on an empty bucket those bullies those kids that and why are they walking? They got Band-Aids on. Emotional band -aids. Absolutely. But why are they walking around with that bucket? It's because of what they've experienced, what they're going through right now. So guess what you got to do? You can't distance yourself from those bucket dippers. You have to actually try to fill their bucket. You actually have to try to connect with them. Isn't that like the most amazing concept? What's the hardest student you probably ever had to connect with? I don't, I, I don't really expect you to have a clear <coughs> answer on that because you are such a good, just good at what you do and taking the time into finding a kid's every source or every outlet that he needs. But have you had one that's diff had, had you difficult at times where you felt like you wanted to give up but never actually did it? Mm. You know, there's this one name that comes to my mind and actually had him for a couple of years and where most people were like, Psh, listen, actually looped with him. I went, started, had him in second grade and then I decided, you know what, I want to put more time in with him and I moved up with the whole class for th in third grade. But I still connected with him. Like, he loved me. I loved him. We had a great internal energy going on. I I I'm trying to think if that, yeah, okay, so... Okay, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's one um, that, um, you know, came with a lot of trauma. More trauma than I have ever seen. Like family-wise? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, confidential stuff that I, I can't even talk about. And I um, actually had a couple that year, and they came with that. And that, I, I put in so much to them. Um, was two of them. I actually had like a group of four in a class of like 18. And my, my, my administrators are awesome, man. I've been totally blessed with 
amazing administrators that say, hey, I want you to just do you do your magic with this child. Don't worry about their academics or their test scores because that can't come until they have that basic need of love. Yeah. But you get those kids that don't ha- didn't have that basic need of love. They are a lot out there, man. And you have to really put all of your love, seriously, dude, all of your love into them. And if you have a class of 20 and you have four kids that have like zero love, seriously, like because of trauma, because of what that happened to them in their childhood, you find yourself giving every ounce, every ounce. And when you have a class of 21 kids and you have a class of a group of kids that need a lot, um, it's, it, it becomes kind of like disease. You're, you're living in like this, this world where you're giving so much, for, you know, from 8 o'clock, 8.30 to 4 o'clock that you forget to take, about your, you forget to take, about, take care of yourself. You, you, you go home and you're like, man, the thing's going on in your head because you know what they've gone through. Like you're sitting with their therapist, you're sitting with, you know, a parent or sometimes a social service person and you're, you're, you're going through exactly what they've been through. And dude, that you're can like, kill you. You're like, how that kid can stand up right now? That you're, can that's kill what you're your spirit. How does that person get out of bed? That, when you hear stories like that yeah. and you hear with somebody like a little kid like that, especially at the age of eight, nine, or dude. 10, and you hear the <clears throat> stories they go through, you're you like, it on. not even an adult. Like, yeah. It makes you sit back and be like, like you just watched Titanic. You start tearing up. Dude. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, I cried. I cried that year with kids. Like, I didn't... Um, we didn't have recess duty that year. The fact that you're cheering, I can see you're cheering up a little bit right now. You're very passionate and you don't understand how much that is for a child. Like this is, this is like, I, I love to see somebody so passionate about something. And especially when it comes to students, when it comes to the young minds of children, like they go through a lot and every kid is shaped. They're basically a ball of clay, a Mm -hmm. ball of, play-doh and they're being formed throughout life and a lot of times when you like it's something i noticed when i started being more positive and open into mm-hmm. the world i was kind of just extrovert for like a past couple of years of my mm-hmm. life but n- becoming more or not extrovert introvert but now becoming more extrovert where i'm becoming more open to society and just how the world is i realized the world is crap but there are good things in it and you have to find those good things you have to make every step that you take in preparation Mm -hmm. for what you want to do next Mm -hmm. not for anybody else not for anything else that does not mean go out in public and be a jerk to anybody right that means be open to everything love compassion you know if it take more it takes more muscles to frown than smile you're right and if you can go out in public like i always hold the door open for older Mm -hmm. people i always you know if somebody needs help with groceries, I'm helping somebody. Someone mm-hmm. wants to push their cart back, and I'll push it back for You're them. You're filling all kinds of buckets. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's that little thing. Like, it's it's like when you go to the drive-thru or something, and someone pays it forward. Oh, where, isn't that awesome? Oh, your meal's paid for. Okay, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. Yeah, dude. And then that, that chain, like I've said mm-hmm. before on this podcast, might stop there, or it might keep going. Mm-hmm. But that person... Is going to have a little bit, like you said, mm-hmm. a little bit, their bucket's going to get filled yeah. a little bit. They're going to want to fill somebody else's bucket That's right. with half of their scoop. Exactly. And it just keeps going down and down. No. It's a trickle-down effect yeah. where everyone is getting a little bit of that joy. And 
I think that's beautiful, and if since I believe if the world can come together more in 2019, mm -hmm. now that we're here, yeah, man. I believe in like if that keeps happening in the next 10 years, there could be some major, major changes. Shifts. Like I mean, laws being passed, certain yep. things like more people being open. I don't see gay marriage being discriminated that much anymore no, as it neither. used to be. Like especially when you hear from your grandparents how it was. Yeah. You know, all like all races, everybody's kind of we're all kind of coming together. We're understanding, but a lot of that happens to do. With when we have a giant conflict when the world comes to a 9 11 or mm -hmm. it comes to a california wildfire that mm -hmm. especially that we just had yep. in 2018 you got to understand like we come together we understand it doesn't matter what skin color you are it doesn't matter what your views are it doesn't matter if you're a boy if you identify as a girl it doesn't matter it's it, humans man yeah i must wear this shirt today actually i got it from a friend of mine she owns a shop in berlin and it's like raise good humans was wore it because that's it that's it that's we're all humans right we're all we're all in together on this giant chunk of floating rock, rock yes. going through space hurling yes. a million miles an hour but the, the thing back to those kids like that's the one thing i try to remember like every every child in front of me was someone's baby like someone's first moment of like pure joy with a whoa you know, and sometimes some of those families are like, whoa, I don't know what to do. And they don't quite figure that out. And you get them sitting in front of you. But dude, all they really want is love. I mean, that's why I like hashtag all you need is love. Like, seriously, all you need is love, you know, like all you need. So I put a lot of love into the, that group that year and um, man my doctor was just like listen your blood pressure is not work your blood pressure medication is not working like you're gonna stroke out it was the first year that I had ever been put on a medical leave you know and you were I was dealing with so much stress I was dealing with, with I was dealing students? with but it wasn't really like it wasn't stress like you would think it would be it was emotional just dealing with hearing all the stories and everything and like then, that. And then that has to give you such major anxiety. Yeah. I mean, so I get anxiety when I see Sandra Bullock on the TV because it reminds me of my mom. Like, I get anxiety. Did you watch Bird Box? Oh, I saw Bird Box. That was the <laughs> dumbest movie. <laughs> I only enjoyed the first 10 minutes right, where right, everybody right. was crashing right. cars and oh stuff. Oh, my but. gosh. But, no, like, anxiety is huge. Um it's a huge, I love to teach kids, man. And I'm, I'm the inclusion classroom. So like, give me your broke, give me your tired, give me your week. I want them, you know, but I also have like an awesome team of teachers. It's not just me anymore. I have, I have, a, I work with a special ed inclusion teacher. I work with another specialist and then another specialist. So it's like, we're all a team. So back when I had you, I feel like maybe someone else could have came in to help me, not an educational assistant. But did I have another teacher in the room? No, you had so, a, you had a, <clears throat> someone that was learning that would. Oh, interns! Keep, yeah, interns. They're huge. Still a huge. I'm still a huge. Well, you're not like like I said when you take the effort into doing that when the like the students and the uh, interns that mm -hmm. see that mm -hmm. they that that might inspire them to become the teacher that goes the extra mile just like you do, dude. And that's 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 why I started, man. Dude, that was that was it. So I am definitely a partner with Salisbury University, and I've gotten like a couple. I've gotten a mentor award. Hey, nice little plaque. But <clears throat> sorry, the biggest joy with me is like just having my interns in their own classroom, and then seeing their posts on social media, seeing their Snapchats, and they're purely happy. That's crazy though, because 
you got to think like, I, I'm sorry, I'm just astounded by the fact that how much, how passionate you are towards your job. You don't understand how much that, like, like that makes me want to raise my kids here eventually and have you teach them. Hey, I will. I, and have, I will. I have that now, Robbie. This is the first year, right? One of my favorite students. Well, you know, you're all our favorites, but dude, this chick, her name was Alexis. She just lit up my room like you did. And she actually walked in this year. It was the first year I experienced it. And she's like, hi, this is my stepson. I'm like, whoa. And she's pregnant. And I'm like, whoa, wait, didn't I just have you? But I have her son. And it's like starting to come full circle, you know? And that is super awesome. That's when you know, okay, the time that I put in. But dude, don't get me wrong. There are days where, like that week, where my doctor was like, yeah, you, you can't go in. We have to write you a note. You have to figure out how to get your blood pressure down. Like you're taking way too much in to your soul. Like this is breaking you down. You can't save every single one. And I didn't like that. I didn't like somebody telling me I can't save them. I didn't, can't save every single one. That doctor, he was like, you seriously need to leave that's something that goes on a lot with like war people too like yeah he was like you need to leave and go away and um i went to north carolina and i went to okokoke island where there's like nothing there i love okokoke have you ever been there no it's where black beer was captured believe it or not what yeah and okokoke's this little island on the in the hatteras the last island in hatteras and I, dude, I just sat, sun, sunrise to sunset, had, had, had some good friends that were down there at the time too. And, you know, I just was like, I got to get myself together. Maybe I can't really save everyone. And then I came to a realization where I am just a part of a child's long education. Yeah. If, if I can't, do what I really wanted to do with this child's soul and turn them or turn, let them see love and joy. Let them see the light. Let them see the light. Yeah. You know, you like that? I like that. Yeah. Tattoo. And, uh, if I can't do that, then I just need to bow down and then there's going to be another teacher down the road that will, or there's going to be a random person that will, because I totally believe in serendipity and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So um, I have heard that he's not, you know, one, one, of, one of them, most of them are doing well, but one of them is not doing so well. But I, I do believe that he's going to get the help that he needs. You know, you have to believe that. I have faith, too. Exactly. That's, that's definitely a big, that's a big motivator. But I mean, I was one of those people that was sitting, sitting at Stephen Decatur and loved Decatur, you know, class of 92 here. But I had a teacher that literally <clears throat> told me, you're not going to graduate from here. I was told that a lot of times. Yeah. So, see, I went from Ocean City Elementary to St. Francis de Sales. I did not go to the public school system in the middle school. Um, my dad wanted us to experience religion for a few years. And, um, and then I went to Stephen Decatur. So, when I was at St. Francis, small class sizes, like 10, 12, I was not very up to speed with math, anything math. And um, I left there, and they put me right into, like, Algebra 1 and Stephen Decatur. Didn't really take... And I, I took it three times. So dude, talking I to had somebody. a teacher, and she was literally in front of everybody. She was like, I don't know what's wrong with you, girl. Like, you just have a mental block with math. You're not going to... You're not going to pass... You can, you're not going to get your graduation certificate. This if teacher you, sounds Japanese. 
she was so not Japanese. <laughs> she was like, she was like, you're, 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 you're not going to even graduate. I, I will never forget that moment. So much shame. She's like, you need to go down to the guidance office and you need to sign up for remedial math. Dang. Right? And in that moment, walking to that guidance counselor's office, I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking become a teacher. And prove her and wrong. And I'm going to prove her wrong. And damn if I did not go back to Decatur right before she graduated and was like, hey, what's up? Just to let you know, I'm Worcester County. Just hired. Spite is you know? a motivator, <laughs> too. Holy and, crap. And I'm, I'm going to be teaching third grade, so I really didn't need that algebra that you were mm. really trying to shove down my throat. And she, I just, she didn't even remember me. But I think I took it like three times, too. Re- literally. And mm. then it was the one thing that, it was the one, it was the one thing that always still is in my mind. You know, the math. Like, I'm not good with numbers. And where's that coming from where I said, I'm not good with numbers? It's coming from her. That's coming from that teacher who was telling me, you're not good with numbers. And I still replay that in my head. I have to Gosh. shake it out. And, I, and then I met <clears throat> Gwen Lehman. Changed my life forever. She was the theater teacher. So here I am feeling like, I don't know what the heck. I'm not going to graduate. Like, I was after school, man. Tutors, you know. People were coming. My dad was paying people to try to help me. I just, dude, I could not get it. It was like, that mental block was there. Definitely there because of skill deficit. But I think mostly there because of that teacher's words. You know, they stick with you for a while. Well, like I said, everyone walks around with emotional band-aids. Absolutely. You know, if they're covering up, their scars and stuff, it's never going to go away. Whether it's something that happened at birth or whether it's something that they're just dealing with on a constant basis. But it's like when you have a stack of rocks and someone mm-hmm. just keeps adding more Seems rocks adding. on top, it's one day it's going to collapse. Absolutely. And that's when you see the dangers in the world where someone shoots up a movie theater or something. Yeah, dude. It's sad. Nobody has an outlet to talk to. I really took, and when I went to school was for addictions counseling when I first started going. I remember. I got one more semester that. left until I'm graduating from Warwick. I'm sending you an invitation to that. Dude, like, I'm coming. That's it, beautiful. I, I did my associate's degree. I was taking five classes a semester. My last semester. I was going and I was working two jobs. So it was like I was coming home, going to the gym, working out three hours, going into work, coming home, you know, doing schoolwork, you know, sleeping, doing the same thing over every single day where I had no time to do anything for myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my mom, everyone could tell I was getting stressed. And it was like, I, I need to do this. And the only outlet I had was the gym. That's still my only outlet, you know. I I have body issues where I need to be working out. I have never missed a day. I'm not going to miss a day. Mm -hmm. I need to work out. Mm -hmm. I need that. I need that click there. Yeah. But that's because I was bullied really bad going up through school for being overweight, for doing that types of stuff. But also, when you're dealing with the bullying that goes on between other kids, Mm -hmm. you do find when it's hard, it makes it even more difficult to pay attention in a classroom scenario. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to show up to class at times because there were certain kids that I thought were going to be there that were going to pick on me. So intimidation. And it's also like, you're dealing with that, and Mm -hmm. that's not even... You don't even have no clue what's going on, especially when someone like me doesn't come out and say doesn't it. Doesn't talk about it. Then you don't have the chance or a 
ability to help and maybe yeah. sit these kids down to the point where they can be friends. And sometimes, yes, that makes the situation a little mm-hmm. bit worse. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you, you, as a teacher, the teachers take in what happens in the school system mm-hmm. as far as they can. Mm-hmm. What they have to put in after and mm-hmm. once their job and their time to clock out is, mm-hmm. you gotta understand how much of an effort and how much I see as an adult now. Mm-hmm. It really is something that you take the time to stay back some days and you know work with the student harder right. you know a cl- clock out go do something out and pick up something for the kid and bring it in the next day in your own free time right where the oh, kid, yeah man we do that all the time just to we see notice. the kid person yep. smile yeah i know you probably have dreams of your students dreams of certain days in class and probably oh, totally. and i bet every day for you in a classroom situation is a dream but it's like you I, you have these moments and I could see it when like your Snapchat with your kids and stuff. Yeah. You're so like with your kids and all this stuff. Uh-huh. It's like, that's amazing to see. Like there's people out there that love helping children, love mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. My brother's girlfriend's a teacher too. Mm-hmm. And she deals, I think with like first or second graders mm-hmm. and she loves bringing home the drawings that they yeah. make and stuff. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, I love that someone can take the effort and time into mm-hmm. this. And I understand, like, especially it's a lot more difficult. I mean, teaching isn't, I'm not saying it's not difficult for all teachers, but when it comes to high school and college Can't students, imagine. college students don't even, they don't, I mean, college kids and college teachers don't even really take the effort into talking into each other. It's more like they send each other emails every now and again. Right, right, right. But when you're dealing with little kids like that, they're such a formative ball of clay. Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure that, you know, if you drop them, you do anything like that, that can misshape them, that can yeah. form them. Relationships, key, period. Like with anything, communication, but like in in our school, kindness and relationships are key. You have to build that relationship. You know, like I knew you loved drumming. I'm gonna let you drum. I knew you needed, you know, to move a little bit. You I'm got me into the drum program at school too. Yeah, that man. I wish we still had that. That went to a whole different outlet. Like Mr. Booth, someone I want to have mm-hmm. on the podcast, my fourth grade teacher. Yep. He um. I was in uh, Miss Zirkel, was her name? Yeah, she's still there. Um, I remember I would always sing really, really quietly in class. And mm-hmm. apparently my mom says I have a good voice. You do. But I would always sing uh, like low to myself. And mm-hmm. then she thought I wasn't singing one time. And she t- made me stay after class. And she sung this, or she had this one song, You're Gonna Sing It With Me Now. Yeah. And she would play it. And I started singing. She's like, you have a beautiful voice. You mm-hmm. need to express that more. And then I was always like nervous, like I'm not getting on stage, I'm not doing that. Right, I remember that. I can make jokes in the back of a class, but I'm not getting on stage. Right. But Mr. Booth was like, hey, you need to do this, like you need to do that. And I came to you at one point Mm -hmm. and asked you about it, and you Mm -hmm. said, definitely chase after it, man. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what you said to me, Mm -hmm. chase after it, man. That's it, that's it. And I'll never forget exactly, you were wearing a black sweater, you had a coffee mug in your hand. Shocker. You had black uh, <laughs> black glasses on. Yeah. And you told me, you were like, and you had your hair a little bit fuzzed out on the sides. <laughs> and you told me, you said, just go for it, man. Do it. Right. And um, I think that was the time you had your daughter in your class. Probably. I love to bring her. And um, I love to bring both of them. They still come and visit. Mr. They love it. Mr. Booth was a go after it, man. Seriously. And he pushed me into it, staying after school and doing that. And I remember I sang in front of all those people and how proud my parents were front yeah. row. And my brother was, it, he was in music in school too. Mm-hmm. And it was just watching that. Everyone's see, like, your bro- that's your brother? Even Matt's family came out to see me. Right. And it had me, 
I was so nervous at the time, but when it was over, I was like, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. And they got it. And they got it on video. I remember Mr. Booth the next day came in and set a picture on my um, desk. desk, and it was me. And I still have that picture that's today. That's super awesome. So like, that's the thing. You everybody now, everybody needs a little push from somebody different, and that may co that may come in the form of like some random person in the coffee shop. It may come in the form of a teacher. It may come in the form of somebody you share Uber with. Like, that is the cool part, you know? But you also, like, went and you also went to talk to somebody, like, should I do this? And I could have been one of those teachers that were like, yeah, you can't come in right now. Like, I can't talk to you right now. I'm sorry. I'm busy. Yeah. But. It would have been much easier to push me away than bring me in. Right. <clears throat> but that's what. A lot like you're like a mama bird. You took all these dude, kids under your wings. That's the way we all are. Seriously. And, and and that's what makes education so freaking awesome. I mean, there's just, you got to think all the pitfalls too, like just trying to manage a class all day, especially mm -hmm. like I know even after recess, like when we're going to lunch or something, mm -hmm. keeping them all in line, mm -hmm. simple stuff like that people mm -hmm. don't even think about, not just teaching the curriculum. but Yeah, I mean, you have to let go of a lot, like in life. You just can't. You can't hold on. You can't hold on to things that really in your values and beliefs aren't super important to the, you know, the f education of a child. So anyway, it's all, it's all good. But like, I seriously have to give props to Gwen Lehman because when I was having that um, moment where I was like, I, I'm not going to graduate because I can't figure out algebra. Um, I was walking down the hallway and here is this teacher short theater teacher. I had heard of her. I was in a couple theater programs in my Catholic school. So, but I was very shy. Shocker. Like I didn't talk at all, man, my freshman year. Right. Well, mm -hmm. no, that's not really true. All. <laughs> so I think I started dating surfers in my freshman year. So I definitely started talking at one point. I was riding my bike across the bridge to see those ESA competitions, you know? Go hang out at like BB Bombers and Ocean Sea Surfing Sport. Do you remember those oh places at all? So, but I was still definitely introverted. Yeah. And I remember Gwen Lehman literally was like, you, you should try out for theater. And I remember thinking, no, like, I don't want to be on stage like yeah. you. So I tried out for theater. And then, of course, she was the person that was like, don't listen to anybody else. You're going to be you're you're going to become whatever you want and you are going to be badass at it because you live from this place in your heart. Don't let anyone tell you you can't you don't understand math and you're not going to graduate because you are. And it was seriously I had her for 3 years in theater and in psychology. She was the one that inspired me to read, believe it or not. I did not like to read chapter books when I was I, I picked the shortest, easiest book to read, even though I could read well. Yeah. I, I picked the shortest ones I can just get. This, it wasn't enjoyable yeah, to me. Yeah, get the log done. And I think that could have been possibly from the private school mentality where literally you sat for hours and just read and like I remember falling asleep. Like, I need to get up, you know? Um, and Gwen Lehman single-handedly, like, she was such an angel to me that my entire Stephen Decatur experience. And I totally attribute my reason why I wanted to become teaching a teacher was because of her. Like she took, I was like, I want to be somebody's Gwen Lehman. Boom. Bang. Became everybody's Gwen Lehman. You know, like I want to emulate. And there was some other couple other teachers too that just like Mr. Chapman from Ocean City Elementary. Yeah. He was profound in my existence. I mean, he was, again, I didn't talk at all really in elementary school. 
in class at all. I never like raised my hand ever. And she, he put me in a show, like the fifth grade show, the big deal. Like I was an old woman in a snowball storm and he, you know, he played the music and he wrote the script and everything. And there wasn't even any talking, I don't think. But it was about kindness, actually, because I was an old woman when these kids were, like, throwing snowballs. And I, that was fifth grade, dude. I was 10. I'm yeah. 44. And I profoundly remember the feeling, just like you were saying, of my parents clapping. Like, holy crap. You just she did just did something yeah. nobody thought she would do. You know? And it, took, and it took, like, mm. Mr. Chapman. took, like, Miss Lehman. You know? So, see, when it comes to, like, there's so many factors that play into the world and how it works and how it affects the children that we have and affects us every single day, especially mm -hmm. when it's a teacher, you taking that extra mile, but also technology is advancing. I have to ask you when it comes to looking at students now, every, it's, every year probably seems different. More and more kids mm -hmm. on the phone. Mm -hmm. I know I see kids that at my age, I had a CD track hooked to the side of my pants mm -hmm. and giant headphones on. Mm -hmm. And I'd walk to school in a, with mm -hmm. a Lincoln Park or a Black Eyed Peas yeah. CD. Oh, man, and it. now I see these kids have f cell phones, iPhones, all this stuff, and they're not looking like all in. You know how hard it is to try and connect with a student when they're not even, they're completely oblivious that you're even there? Well, we feel that in elementary school, although like our kids don't have cell phones, like we have to, like the high school teachers have to deal with, you know, they put them somewhere. Or honestly, a lot of the high school teachers have to use their cell phones for interacting with whatever they're teaching because everything's so technology driven or they use their computer because they're given a computer now in high school but like a laptop but we see in elementary school how the brain is changing because so many toddlers are are, are given this man hey let you know here here let's Just play let's, on let's, it play yeah. on it while while i go do this and hey i'm guilty of it too dude you know, I used to sit Zoe in front of Elmo. I used to sit Gracie in front of, in front of Barney for a little bit. But I see too many little kids, man, grab their parents' cell phone to entertain themselves. So, like, we're starting to see, or I am starting to see, where I've got to teach in, like, chunks of 10-minute intervals, intervals. Because the brain is... The, there's research. The brain is really forming in a different way now due to this being put in the hands of kids. Well, what's the first thing you do when you wake <coughs> up in the morning? First thing I do? Check your phone. That's the you first know, thing I do is check my phone. I roll over and check the time. Well, of course, my alarm's on my phone now, right? Yeah. That's, our phones you are know, way too connected. You it's know? not the ding, ding, ding. It's not the al typical alarm. I mean, I, play, I have a song that comes on first thing in the morning, you know? Well, that's a positive thing, too, because waking up to a song can start your day off right. Yeah, dude, I change it every now and then, you but, know? Yeah, I mean, Music just is that little key. bit of thing. It's hard waking up to that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun yeah. dun, 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 over and over again. You end up getting anxiety when yeah, it comes right, on. Yeah, right, 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 right. But, but like, <laughs> music is key for, for a lot of healing, too, you know? And I think with your situation, I knew that outlet for you. And so did Mr. Booth, and so did Miss Young. Her name's Miss Young, now Miss Circle. But, like... Every kid has different outlets. Art, art is such an outlet. Oh man, art literally saved one of my children. It lets a kid express creativity. Absolutely. Miss Palmer, I remember her at BIS. Mm -hmm. She threw in the art program for me, and mm -hmm. 
that really had me going. Like, I mean, it had me, she was like, just here, do this, take this pencil and draw. Yeah, that's and it. that type of stuff, like, my mind, you don't understand, with ADHD and yeah. having to deal with that. But you could do that and listen to lessons and you're fine. It's so, it's so mm-hmm. beneficial because Absolutely. the way my mind thinks, I can be seriously into one topic, but also thinking about a completely it's other it. one. Yeah, like, that, having yeah. this conversation, I've had a million different thoughts of where this conversation will lead next. Right. And I figured that's a great outlet for my podcasting just with being able to come up with good topics and going into different types of wormholes everything I do it's not scripted I don't have any you don't see any questions here me asking you and it's it's me being able to pull out knowledge and information I get from people I've uh, taken in from the world whether it's been there's days I've sat at a library and trying Mm -hmm. to read as much as I possibly Mm -hmm. can on some books just like taking that one day out of like a year like I need to do this like when everyone (laughs) goes to the gym which is going to be tonight on January 1st all those people in there that take that one day to put in all this effort and then the rest of the year slack off yeah it's the fact that like it doesn't you don't have to go to the gym every day you don't have to change your body you don't have to do whatever you don't want to do right just because you you think that's what you have to do right you have to find your outlet that's it find your passion find take your light, every man. step and every step mm-hmm. that you take after that needs to be in search and in wanting of that and you know what's crazy about that is once you get an alignment of that once you start to like be all right this is what i need in my life this is what i need the 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 next things just start coming it's crazy i've seen that in my life i mean where I really wasn't like an avid traveler at all, dude. I was born right here, you know, Westo girl. Like I've told you, graduated from Decatur. Didn't get accepted into Salisbury, believe it or not, because my math scores were too low. What? Right. So what happened with that was that led me to North Carolina. So I went six hours away to a small private college in Wilson, North Carolina, Wilson, called Barton College, and it used to be Atlantic Christian College. And dude, I, I was, I was, I was there because I couldn't drive home, you know. And there, I met um, two like amazing seniors, and they were girls, and they were like, "Hey, this sorority is like one of the oldest sororities in the United States. They, this chapter here is falling. We need like thirty good freshman women to rush this sorority right now." And totally save the chapter from falling and reinvigorate it at the college. And I did that. And I became president. My sophomore year of college, I was president of this amazing sorority where I I had sisterhood. Really, truly, probably the only time I ever loved that many women in one place. Because women are hard to get along with. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> guys aren't easy to get along yeah, with. Yeah, right, either. right, right. But to live with them, and then that totally that totally changed my life. And then, hey, I had, I had to come back home due to some circumstances down there. And then um, I was like, hey, if I'm going to be here, I want got up with Miss Lehman again. Like, went and visited her. And then she was like, what, what did you think about becoming a teacher? I was like, yeah, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And went to Salisbury, finished out there. And was hired, I wasn't hired right away. I took some long-term substituting, got married in the middle of that, canceled my honeymoon so I could be a long-term sub, which was huge. What? Yeah, man. I was supposed to go to Mexico, and I was a long-term sub at Ocean City Elementary School. And um, the principal was um, an amazing principal, and it was her first year there. And I remember, she was like, "You, you can have this job 
as this long-term sub. It was the first one. But what are you going to do when you get married? And I was, she's like, aren't you going on a honeymoon? And I said, yeah, I have a trip booked to Mexico. She's like, mm, you know, kind of like, ooh, because you can't be a sub. And then they pay another sub for you to go on a trip. So I canceled my flight to Mexico. Didn't go on my honeymoon that year, you know. And then she ended up being one of the main people that helped me get hired because she was like, hey, this chick canceled her honeymoon. To do this. To, to be in my school. Like, she is the shit. Like, this is the chick you want, you know? They need people like that. We need more. There needs to be more in our school system like you. There, there needs to be people there, that yeah, take and that time. And that's, that is, I mean, that's what you did was an impossible thing to really <laughs> ask from anybody. But the fact that you were like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going, I'm, I'm sorry, we can't do this yeah, trip because yeah. I need to do this. Yeah, dude. I was like, I really feel like if I say yes and I cancel this honeymoon, um, how understanding I'm going to get he? a job. How understanding? He was super cool, dude. Super understand. Super, super, um, open to it, open and super. He always supported everything that I ever want to do. I went back and got my master's in counseling and our grace was only like two. Like he literally was, you know, the dad with Zoe was two, three, four, five. Zoe was six. Is he in the fire department? Nope. Well, no. Was he at the time? No. I couldn't remember what his he brother, did. His brother. His brother. We took a trip to the fire station one yeah, time. Yeah, right. His so brother was, was there. Yeah, his brother was probably there. And you let me get in the truck and like let him, <laughs> let him, let him do the sirens real quick. Dude, and I would flash the lights you know, and do the You know, you have to say, like, you definitely were a favorite in that group. You and Matt, man. I'm trying to picture that group and it's crazy. You know what's nuts is I can never, I never pictured you singling me out as even a favorite or anything mm-hmm. like that. You took every single effort into all of them. Fred, everybody. Yeah. yeah, but listen, if any teacher says like you're all my favorites, yes, that's true. But there are some that you just tug at our heart a little bit more. They have that little that little puppy you, dog you, eye. Look. You do you and your smile was infectious. Oh my god. And when you and Matt got together and you guys laughed, you made me laugh. I'm the only one that can get him to talk. You know that? No. A lot of people are like, isn't Matt shy? No, yeah. he's not. Yeah. He is a chat box. Me is and him really? were podcasting the other day for an hour, and I'm sitting there talking I gotta to listen him like to it's, that. it's I, I still have to post it. I told okay. him, I was okay. like, man, it's it's a it's a rough podcast. Matt's not a, a super, like, he's a lot like my buddy Skyler when it comes to, like, they need something in them to be able to, oh, you know, yeah. like a drink or something right. before they start getting open. Like, the, my New Year's podcast, that I New Year's Eve one I did. Uh-huh. Like he about an hour in is when you can start tell he's relaxed and he's not yeah. all like you know knows he's being recorded. He totally forgets the mics on. And he's yeah. like just like getting into it. The, you know the cool thing about the new year is because it is it is crazy that it is January first, two thousand nineteen, dude. I mean like just that number kills. Like my daughter Grace was like, Mom, do you realize this is the last time we're gonna say teen in the year? Teen? Teen, like 2019. I didn't realize that, but now that's going to blow my mind. I mean, I'm still trying to get over the fact of writing stuff down. I'm going to have to be writing a nine instead of an eight. Right? Oh, I know. I will mess up on the date forever for and a And you're a month. teacher. That's, you're going to see, you're gonna see every, that all the time. Jack, the kids will fix. They'll be like, Miss Williams, you've, you've got the wrong year. I'm like, yeah, fix it. You're good. We're Thank living you. in the past. My, 
And with that, that is something is so hard not to do, but you have to literally damn time hop, man. Time hop throws the past in my face every day. You know, you don't understand. Like <laughs> when I was a little kid, I remember everyone's like, just wait till you're 18. Then you'll be an adult. And then yeah. I turned 18. Wait till you're 21. Right. I'm 21 now. Are you going to tell me to wait till I'm 40? Wait till I'm 50? Yeah. Wait till I'm dead? Just and they wheel me by the it. window? Like, just oh my enjoy God. every day. Enjoy every up and down, man. Well, it was crazy how that night everyone's like, you need to be going out and drinking at midnight the night of your birth like before right i'm like my birthday falls on literally the party day literally everyone parties on that day for it to end every year from when i was a little kid i just snorted it's fine it's (laughs) It's but like every year of my just being alive and every year on my birthday my parents were djs they worked they they went out and made money because that's a big night for a lot of Uh djs and uh stuff I had a, maybe a friend or two over, but it, you know it was hard for parents wanting to go out and party, yep. and you know watch the ball drop. And it was your the birthday, and it was my birthday, and Dude, I'm like, it was so hard to set stuff up. Uh, oh my god, I was messaging everybody like, can your mom get you like months in advance? Can your mom get you here on this day? I'm having all this happen. It could be set up, and then the last week, oh, we're going out of town for you know Christmas, and we won't be back until after New Year's. It's like. Oh, how cool for your mom, though, to give birth to a New Year's baby, right? I have no idea what time it was. I was like, Mom, if you would have held it one more day, you would have gotten massive. <laughs> she would have been like, paid. you know what, kid? What? You know, one of my best one of my best friends growing up, too, was also born on the same day as me, but born a year earlier. Really? And his mom's friends with my mom, Edwin Horner. I love the Horners. Absolutely. His, his, Great people. He's born December 31st, yes. 2016. I'm bo- or not 2016. I hope not 2016. Actually. 1996. Well, the oldest daughter has a child going to our school. That was another thing. Like, I walked in and I'm like, whoa, that's is that crazy. your child? That's, be like that's a what slap I mean. In the face. That's like what I mean. That happened to me this year. Oh, my God. You know? But it's the new year. So what, what, you, what you got planned? What you thinking? Do you do the whole resolution thing? Did I? Do you do the whole resolution thing anymore? I I'm, I'm, I think towards the end of my podcast last night, I was trying to think of stuff I want to do in 2019, but I more have hopeful things. I, I, I definitely want to podcast more. I definitely want to spend a little bit more time like trying to connect with family a little bit. Um, yeah. I've closed a lot of them off because I like, I like doing my own thing, mm-hmm. but that's also a thing like... I don't, I, you know, I want everyone to kind of be happy, but mm-hmm. I really want to find this outlet with podcasting. It's definitely just, it's become a passion I found, like when I first found the gym mm-hmm. and I'm starting to realize like I'm not falling out of the gym out of a little bit, but I don't kill myself anymore and I'm not yeah. there for three hours and you know, I'm not feeling I have that and that happens to do with just a lot of like dealing with anxiety and depression. I agree, dude. Stuff, I'm going to tell you, I literally, the gym did save my life at one point for sure. Um, I joined CrossFit. 2010 so it's been a while as you can see and um i was going through a really terrible time in my life man straight up just like relationship wise and um, one of my old friends from high school was like hey have you heard of this gym they're the first ones around they used to be like um behind friendship road behind like arby's and stuff yeah you will literally like kill yourself. He was eventually the guy who sold my house, my my house in Westerville that I owned for like twenty five years. But he was a good friend of mine. I don't know if you know him, Dealey Chester. Dude, his brother is um, 
owns this amazing farm in California and now does filming for Oprah Winfrey on Super Soul Sunday. What? He does some amazing Super That's Soul nuts. shorts that like hit you in your soul. Seriously, I have to send you some links. But um, and he was a Decatur boy, one of Decatur's like successes. So Dealey was like, "You gotta join this gym. I'm in it." But, like you'll run though and you'll lift weights. So I went to this gym. It was a box they called it, and I met. Kelly and Steve Rako and I joined and I dude I went and lost in a year 80 90 pounds that's nuts but you know what like I learned how the gym and you know those hormones are key for your anxiety and your depression oh it's it's my therapy so and I've got to get that back in my if, life. If I have a good, well, see, if I have a good podcast thing, I think this is where I might want to chase after with school. I'm not into being a therapist, but when you have a podcast, you're not just talking like I'm, I'm hearing anything you want to say. I'm getting to know people. It's not like I'm hearing your problems. I'm yeah, you're not like trying to diagnose me. I'm not trying to diagnose yeah, you. Yeah. But I'm having a conver- interesting conversation. Communication. And if you have problems that you want to talk mm-hmm. about, we can talk about it. There's mm-hmm. times I'll, you don't have to be recording to be doing it. But Mm-mm. at the same time, I like filming these podcasts because I have such interesting topics with such interesting people. Well, this is the thing that I love that you're doing is what to me you're doing is you're opening up the importance of communication face to face yes i haven't looked at my phone i miss this like you I haven't I, I, looked I, yeah. at your phone usually i have it where it's set up the only the only thing like i i usually have set up where i tell everyone phones off or phone yeah. silent phone vibrate my brother's like oh, i have to have my phone off i'm like yeah well i i don't want it going off during the middle of this podcast because yeah. you lose that connection with me i keep my i put my phone on do not disturb last night that's what scared mm-hmm. my mom she thought you know, since I was out or whatever, oh, and I was no. trying to film a podcast, oh, no. I was like, I'm going to be filming, so my phone's going on Do Not Did Disturb. Did I go on airplane mode? <sighs> Flying Disconnect the from the world. I'm tired yeah. of getting emails in the middle of the night while I'm trying to sleep. Like, For could real. save this, could save that. I go on airplane Disconnect. mode every night. Yeah, so... So that's what you're doing, Robbie. Is like you're you're. I think you're high. You are definitely highlighting the need and the importance of, of face to face communication because without communication, dude, in relationships, like we are we are damned to hell. Like we are we have to sit and talk. It's the fa- it's the reason why relationships fail. Lack of communication. You it's know? the same reason, like you see Amish people or even our like my grandparents. You know, they don't have the new age technology. I mm-hmm. see my grandfather with a flip phone. He only has that. He doesn't send texts. He doesn't do any of that. He calls people. You need to call me, yep. call. I'm not sending you a text. You're not going to text me. He hates using my grandmom's iPhone. Right. My grandmom's into the technology and loves it. She my th- dad sees, still has a flip phone, man. Yeah, she sees the beneficial stuff in mm-hmm. there. And there's, it's, I don't, I like where technology's at now, but like I walked into my buddy's house last night. I cracked a joke with him while we were filming the podcast. Mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, walk into your house. Your, your, he has the Alexa set up, you know, mm-hmm. welcome, you know, all oh, that type gosh. of stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm afraid to walk up to your doorstep one day. It's going to be like Elon Musk where like the door <laughs> scans me, says you are permitted to enter. Right. Then I walk in, I'm like, you, you got, you're going to have your Alexa hooked to the toilet. Like, <laughs> I hate that. I like yeah, having. I totally disconnected our Alexa. He bought me a Google. Google Home, and I hope he doesn't listen to this because I don't use that thing at all. Oh. I have that. I he got it for me last year on my Christmas, nephew and I have it. Me out. Out. My nephew's like, you dude, you know, and it's true. Alexa is recorded. I've actually heard. I've heard of of um, Alexa's being used in court cases. 
They record everything on your, and you know, I found out that um, I use EarPods or AirPods for the yeah. gym. Yeah. Wireless headphones are probably as far in technology I'm really going to go just because that that is awesome because I don't like having the cord where it's choking me around the neck. I don't even know what it's really like to have the cord anymore. So sometimes I'll go back to it if my headphones die. Right. But having Bluetooth headphones where I can walk downstairs early in the morning, like five in the morning. I got mm -hmm. up four in the morning this morning. Mm -hmm. I was trying, mm -hmm. you know, I like getting up early, but being able to brew up a coffee and start cooking with my headphones and, and on, I can still hear, you know, what I'm doing to make sure I'm not right. being too loud, waking anybody up. Yeah. But I'm also like, I can play the music as loud mm -hmm. as I want and also be able to focus. Listen, I was just in New York City for the first time the other day. I'd never been. Have you ever been? New York City. Yeah, yeah. I've been when I was really little. So like Lost I'm, love. I am not one of those people that um, I can. I mean, I can feel energy like anywhere. Great energy right here, by the way. But I can feel when I'm when I'm in like a huge crowd. I love concerts, dude, because everybody's there. They want to feel the same energy, you know. And um, but when you go to a place like New York City and you're walking past like the Mate Times Square area. But you could tell the locals from the tourists because they have the AirPods in because they're they ha they can't handle that noise pollution. Straight up, well, one thing, like they're listening to whatever makes them happy to carry on with their day to get them from point A to point B and still smiling. Isn't that crazy? How it, like it's the same thing a lot with like teaching and doing stuff like that, like mm -hmm. showing positive emotion through mm -hmm. not just physical actions mm -hmm. or, you know, that emotional like sit down that you have to talk with somebody mm -hmm. that someone can benefit from, like right. how we're having this emotional spark kind of happening here right. where both of our moods are probably increasing. Our, you know, our brain's probably sending a bunch of different signals mm -hmm. and boosting happiness mm -hmm. and just like being able to relieve stress throughout mm -hmm. the day. And it's like, Getting stuff like that, music inspires that so much. So and much. creative passion. That's why I believe it It really takes like a good teacher and a, like we need more of them in our systems where we can have someone that finds how important creativity is for someone to be able to express themselves, whether it's in anything you want to do, whether it's with podcasting, whether it's with writing a song. Yeah, I wasn't good at writing songs, uh, but I can write jokes. Dude, I, I, I thought at one point I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I if you thought check you did my too. Netflix history, yes. if you check my Netflix history, it's nothing but stand-up <laughs> comedians. I'll watch, I've watched Ron White special, Tom Segura special, Bill Burr special, Joe Rogan special <laughs> a million times over and over again. Last night, my mom messaged me, how many times are you going to watch that this year in 2018? It's been like a thousand times. Are you going to change it for 2019? Comedians. No, it's going to... Dude, it's a, you loved jokes, and that's a trip. And you know what? Laughter is so freaking important. It's so underappreciated. She tells me all the time, my mom always goes, "Is it what's with the jokes? Why do you always have to joke around? If you don't get my sense of humor, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like Yeah, yeah. But laughter is huge. I mean, you know what I think it is, is laughter makes you breathe. Like I just snorted a while ago. Yeah. Like in breathing, we are for, we have forgotten the art of breathing. Dude, I saw this one thing on Instagram where it's like a necklace and it's long and it looks like a little tiny cigarette, but it is for anxiety and they're encouraging kids and adults to wear it and you, it literally is like a piece of... It's like, it's like a tube. I know it exactly what you're talking about. It's a tube. And, and it's it, just for breathing. It gives you the effect. Because you know what it is? When you smoke a cigarette, it's not the actual, like, nic like nicotine does do something. It does stimulate. But it's the breathing. But it's the, it's the deep inhale. Yeah. A monk actually See, discovered huge, that huge, in huge. Beijing, China, where he went... 
and he was breathing into like what basically his thumb like if you were sucking on your thumb which mm-hmm. is breathing into it or like like taking a nice inhale like mm-hmm. if he was smoking something mm-hmm. and it gives that certain release and effect in your brain where it makes it think it's happening as the same way they get smokers to stop because they're not chasing the actual addiction from the nicotine chemical mm-hmm. they're chasing that feeling that they get after they smoke that cigarette and their brain links it to nicotine it's not actually nicotine it's that in effect of inhaling it's the same so, thing when you're laughing so hard and like you said right. when, you, when you snorted uh-huh. it's like when you're laughing really hard at a comic thing you go and you take that big yeah. inhale to breathe after such That's laughter it. you remember those feelings or those certain moments where you're laughing so hard mm-hmm. your sides hurt your ribs you think you're gonna throw up because you're laughing Dude, so hard. those are the best moments and i and i fully support laughter in the classroom or anywhere man i love to hang out with people that make me laugh far more than hanging out with people that you know make me feel depressed you know what i mean well who wants to sit around with a wet blanket exactly like you want to be out with someone that has as much emotion as you do when i go to the grocery store i'm like making fun of the food name products like when i go down (laughs) like to harris teeter or something and i see all the generic brand cereals they have one that's it's uh there's the real one that's called fruity pebbles and they have one that's fruity fruity rocks right i'm like how long did it take you to get that one and there's one that's (laughs) there's one that's it's frosted flakes but it's just flakes i'm like you didn't even try at that point point. and that's it's a like trip. just that's, i'm gonna have to do that next time i go in the grocery store i try not to even go in the grocery store because the energy in there i'm a huge fan of walmart pickup lucky look if you go to if you huge fan. why are you a fan of walmart pickup dude you don't like going into grocery stores Man, well the, what happens when i go into a grocery store is i see someone that i went to school with i see some child mm-hmm. i see and it becomes i go in there for 15 things and i and i want to be out in like 20 minutes and self-check and out for like four hours dude i'm in there for like two hours because i run into people they're like hey oh my god what's up how you doing how's your mom you know you know the one thing that's crazy <laughs> that my grandma taught me i still use to this day and she actually got me a gift card uh to go to walmart and go to like uh you know just like a visa card one of those uh-huh. things uh-huh. and she put 50 bucks on it because i know this will last you in groceries for a couple weeks <laughs> i go to the grocery store at four in the morning and i go yellow ticket stuff i get all that stuff that's yeah. all marked down yeah. right early in the morning i yeah. eat a lot of produce so it's right, like right, right. fruits and vegetables you know i freeze all my fruits and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's actually what i was gonna do today. I didn't know if stores mm-hmm. were gonna be open just on New Year's Day. Right. But you, um, yeah. But you know that's amazing. So if you're doing that and you're really into that, totally off. Remind me to set you up with my little sister. You know what comes out tomorrow is the weekly ad for all the stores. Well, I want to set you up with my little sister. So she gets produce and meat. I don't know if you eat meat, but she gets amazing produce. Like chicken and fish. Yeah, man. She gets amazing in turkey from the Amish. Mm. Yeah, straight Cheap up. too, probably. Yeah, and it's amazing, and she does a drop here in the areas. I have to hook you up with her. Remind me about that. For sure. I see, well, um, tomorrow the new ad comes out for, like, one of my favorite stores, Harris Teeter. Uh, just when I got older and started realizing this is my own money now, I'm not expecting. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of times when I look at, like, what people ask me when I, what I wanted for Christmas. Nothing. A card. Mm-hmm. Did my mom tell you about that? Mm-mm. I have a shoebox in my of room cards? of cards. I'm the I have same way, one dude. from my great grandfather. We're reading it. And he's not here anymore, and yeah. hearing it is like the words. And I tell, I told my mom, I said, when I get a birthday card or a Christmas card, any of that, and she does it, and so does my dad, so does everyone. They do not put the money in the card. Do not do any of that. If you're giving me money, don't put anything in the card. I want the card because the first thing I'm grabbing as I'm reading that card, I'm reading the front. I'm gonna check the back. 
and then I'm gonna check the inside and I wanna see you underlined every word that actually meant something for you and you wrote something down. Dude, that is so key. Okay, so I'm an underliner. I'm an underliner in cards and in books. Huge, right? Underline those words that yes. mean something to you. But I'm also a total saver of anything written. I mean, I definitely know that I'm supposed to write a book this year for sure. Um, definitely a lot of ideas, but I love writing. It's therapy to me, but I have every single... Dude, I started a diary to get through the tough times, a journal, when I think I was um, probably 10, no, 11. Probably when I started Catholic school. That transition from moving... You know, we didn't even move, but the transition from leaving my core group of friends to totally not knowing anybody, I started to journal. I still have those journals. I wrote straight up through college and I have gone back now because people have come, people go in your life and then they come back and then you come and they, you sit around, I even have like all my old videotapes of like videotaping proms and stuff. I'm a saver, dude. Cards, everything. It's so beautiful to look back and to read somebody's written word and to be like, okay, I feel them, you know? So I started going back through my journals just because, my, hey, my youngest is in high school now. My oldest just graduated. So it's that period where I can like reflect back on where I was in that time just to kind of make it easier for me. What they're going through as a mom. Like, dude, I got to chill. I got to not worry as much. Let me see what I was going through. I specifically like would mention people that are still in my life. And I'll call them up and I'll be like, hey, man, I was just looking through my journals. You got to hear this. December 1989. <laughs> Damn. We were going to go see Die Hard. You know, that's 30, that's 30 years ago today. I, I thought about publishing them. You not, know? Well, not in December, but Just because years ago. straight up out of the minds, out of the true mind of a teenager growing up, you know? And it was a trip. And some of them, I mean, some of them I wrote profoundly Best about Christmas experiences that I was going through. You know, mm-hmm. and I look back at those experiences and I'm like, damn, so that that really was shaping me at that moment. You know, I got a really good thing that you should add to your uh, year this year. I want you to go to the store and I saw this on Instagram. You go to the store, get a giant uh, stack of 500 little sticky notes mm-hmm. and go. You're not going to need to use all 500, mm-hmm. but and then get a giant jar, a pickle jar, giant right, like right. pretzel you know the giant one, huge pretzel, yeah, ones. Huge pretzel yeah, yeah, gallon yeah. ones and I want you to cut a slit like if you're going to put money in there mm-hmm. and every day writes at the end or at the beginning write down something positive a positive that you're grateful for just just positive in general and put it in that jar and at the end of the year look at them all I will do that for sure I have that's something I'm going to tell my mom to do too so we can have it downstairs in the kitchen so at the end of the year we can look at it and look yeah, back man. at all, everything and I'll just put put it up on like a giant like collage board and don't years go by super fast oh, you're yeah. 21 I will I'm about to figure that out I mean once I started getting older the years got by like it seemed like this 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 December went by I don't really remember it that whole much yeah. like I, I felt like it was just the first of December the couple days ago and now it's already January I gotta go buy a new calendar I gotta go do yeah right do you have years though that you re- were like uh I don't know what really took do you ever have years where you were like isn't this funny I'm asking you the questions because I'm used to that right yeah you can ask me the questions <laughs> that's, this podcast. that's why I like it it's a conversation it's like between... it's like 
Do you have those years where you literally try to reflect and you're like, I don't really remember too much out of that year? Yeah. I do too. I, I, I definitely think the year I took off when I graduated um, high school, mm-hmm. I took a year off like just working and doing that, seeing if I want to do that and not go back to school. Right. Yeah, I needed to go back to school. Right. Working two jobs, working out and just doing that was like, I, there's nothing in my life that I'm working and putting more effort into. Like mm-hmm. I can get fired anytime. I can mm-hmm. get do this and then mm-hmm. I won't have that all those years I put into that company. Mm-hmm. And it's like I needed to find a more, you know, that's with any job, even if you get a education, but mm-hmm. being able to find something that you're passionate about that you still want to do, Dude. that gets you through the next day. It does. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to explain that to my oldest daughter right now. You know, so many... Gosh, and social media can really be a downer in that aspect where, you know, it's graduation time. Oh, I'm sorry, like a couple months before graduation time, all these parents are posting the acceptance letters of their kids and going to college. And you think it's, you think a lot of times it's not even the parents that are just want to show off how important their kids are. They just want to see the likes and the, the, the right? everything come in right? on their posts. And I mean, I, for number one, dude, my whole family is like, you're an over poster, chill. That's definitely something I want to try to limit in my... Well, but I try to keep it you, positive and inspirational. Yeah, you do it more like if someone's having a rough day and yeah. rough go at things, you're like trying to be positive. It does get addicting seeing those likes and like views come in you're on right. your stuff. Where you're like, oh, this got 32 likes. I don't really post on Instagram, but when I put up something about like more like now, it's just everything from my podcast. Before, it was everything with my abs. You're looking for that you know, outlet. Now, if I post an ad picture, it's like I wake up in the morning after like a fresh dump or something. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm shredded right now. And it's like, you know, like, see, I crack a joke like that. You laugh. Uh, my, my, some people in this household will be like, why, why do you joke? Like, that's disgusting. I don't want to hear that. I'm like, all right. Okay. Well, that's, that's my sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. I have the seven year old sense of humor that when my brother's kid gets old, a little bit older, he's going to understand gonna and we're going to click. I'm going to be the fun that. uncle. Oh yeah. you will But be. that's just how I am. I like, I like cracking dumb jokes. I like laughter. I like being mm-hmm. able to smile and have a good time rather mm-hmm. than being able to shoot somebody's plane down. Why would Dude, I want right? to do that? It's like casting clack dipping into somebody's bucket, casting stones. And I can see in my in my experience with just kids, and now I see them all growing up, a lot of them. Dude, the ones that were mostly the casting of the stones, those kids that were picking up those stones and just making fun of other people or just being mean, well, I never let that happen. But, dude, just that mean general sense of disposition that some people have, they are not the successful people. I don't care what degree you have. I don't care what college you went to. You're just still mean. And you're not successful. So, like, this whole kindness kick that we're all on is huge. Yeah. You know? And I've tried to, like, tell my girls, dude, and kids, man, you do not have to get a degree to be successful. I can name you bang, 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 kids or family members that didn't go to a four-year college, don't have a master's degree, and they love what they do, man. My oldest sister, she didn't even graduate from high school. Dude, didn't graduate from high school, went back and got her GED. She owns an extremely successful salon right here in the Pines, and she is therapist to thousands of people. And she's owned it for like 30-some years. See, like, I thought I wanted the passion of being able to help somebody in psychology, but, you know, I've had days at work where 
I've been super, super frustrated at just like just my job in general. And I remember some dad was like, I just, I just saw him in the hallway and we started talking. He's like, yeah, where are you from? Like around here. And I started shooting the shit. I told him like, yeah, I go to the gym. It's my second job. You know, Uh I do this. And started teaching him. He's like, dude, I have a kid that that was in the same position as you were when you were a kid. And you said you were overweight and all you wanted to do was play video games and all this stuff. You know, my kid's like, feels like he's a loser and he's just, he's depressed all the time. I mean, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, let me talk to him. Perfect. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, he's not here right now. He's coming in tomorrow at his mom's. When do you work? I'm like, dude, I don't work until like a couple days from now. And he goes, okay, well, if I don't see you, man, I'll just, it's good to know. Like that, there's someone out there that I can probably try and get a story going with him and get it. See, I was like, okay, hang on a minute. I came in the next day. I made sure I worked the next day. Mm-hmm. I so I worked all my day off. I worked and I literally made, found the room number they were in. Made like called him like, hey, this kid's here. He knew my name. It was Robbie. He knew all that. Mm-hmm. He brought his kid down to the lobby, and they actually had to be checking out that day. So they only stayed one night. And I talked to his son. And no way. his dad said something that upset me a little bit. And I don't mean to throw his dad on her bus, but his dad's like, he's fat. He was fat just like you. Said that to the kid. I was like, all right, dude. And I told him, I was yeah. like, hey, man, I think they need uh, your help trying to find the car. You know, like, go, yeah. go put some stuff in the car, basically. Just trying to get the, the dad away. And the, I sat there with the kid. I was like, look, don't listen to your dad exactly. when he says something like that. Yep. He doesn't understand. If gaming is your passion mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do, do it. But you got to understand, my life was all about video games going up through elementary school and all that because I'd have a car. Mm. It was a way for me to connect with my Mm. friends online. Mm. We played video games all hours, drinking two liters of Mountain Dew 24 (laughs) hours a night. I remember my dad would just come upstairs with a two liter of or like a glass of soda and then like a cut up sandwich like you need to eat and place it down in front of me and stop throwing bags of Doritos my way or something Mm -hmm. he would just place down a peanut butter sandwich slice it up like you know you want to come down and talk I'm pissed off myself more than the fact that I was not able to realize like those are moments I'm going to need to get back like those are family moments I don't have anymore I want that family connection now that I'm older I'm starting to realize there's going to be moments my parents aren't going to be around anymore and if that's that's going to suck Dude, and I know I'm going to be a parent too and I'm yeah. going to have my own kids and I'm going to be upset when that happens the same thing but it was the same thing my parents weren't ever really home just being with their jobs and trying to support me and making sure i had an xbox to play on making sure i had you know these things that i totally took for granted i thought they just hated me you know what though that's like that's just growing up man like you don't i hear you what you're saying and i feel you but like i think majority of as we grow we feel that way i still feel that way dude i still feel that way like with my parents i'm like man you know, maybe I should have not like put so much into my job. Maybe I should have visited with my mom every Sunday and my dad a little bit more or hung out with my sisters. Like literally, we all lived in the same piece of property in West Oak, behind West, you know, behind Waterman's. Like, why did I not walk to my sisters more? They literally were a walk away and I don't live there anymore. I think we can, I think we can do that. Like, but then we have to just make the change. Like, all right. So I feel that way. So now every Sunday I'm going to go visit my mom. You I, know, I just believe we get too comfortable in a, in a certain routine or program mm-hmm. where we just get weird and 
like everything when we fall out of it. If we add something, even going to see a family member. Mm-hmm. I mean, my brother lives in West Houston City. I don't go over there all the time. Exactly, Mostly right? because, like, if I'm home, I'm home. Right. And it's hard, especially when you're dealing with, like, work and you're, you know, you're so tired. You finally have a day off. You don't want to do anything that day. Dude, I don't want to talk to anybody, wanna, Yeah, man. you just want to disconnect from the world and just relax. Dude, But then that Netflix. second day in a row... And then that third day comes in, you're like, I need to go back to work or I need to go do something. It's funny that you say that. So that's how the New York City trip came about. I mean, it's holiday break. I didn't, wasn't going to go. My family's all here. And I think it was like the second or third day, dude, that I was just sitting on the couch, chilling with the pug, chilling with the rescue dog, the cat, you know. And um, I had just binge watched Tracy Morgan's new... Tracy Morgan. <laughs> the last OG, right? Right. Laughed my ass off, man. I love to watch stuff that makes me laugh. You know who you almost died? Dude. Walmart truck, right? Walmart truck, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah, so I know his story. So Steph calls me, my little sister, and she's like, man, wake Zoe up. She's supposed to go to New York City with me. I'm like, what? Dude, I've never been to New York City. I was up. For some crazy reason, at 6 a.m., teacher's supposed to be sleeping in. I'm up. I go upstairs. I'm like, Zoe, dude, get up. Aunt Steph wants to take you to New York City. She's like, man, I don't think my anxiety can handle it. I just want to stay here with my horse, like, chill. chill. I'm good. She wasn't a horses, too. I remember she that. She still is. And she, and I went, that's totally they save her daily, on a daily basis. You know, horses are the only animal that has a mental connection with you. A horse will not ride right if your brain is clouded. Yes, I know that. She taught me that, dude. She taught me that. She is a freaking horse whisperer. She's a horse whisperer, and Gracie is a whisperer in a whole another avenue, which is a whole another podcast because that stuff is amazing. Get her on, I'll do it. I will do Your it. Your mom knows about her, so like, I go and I and I'm like, Steph, she doesn't want to go. Steph's like, dude, do you want to go? I'm like, what, man? I've never been to New York City. She's like, I got the boys. We're just gonna roll for the day. I'm like, dude, nah. Hang up the phone. Doug's sitting there. He goes, really? You've been in this house for like two days, three days. Have you left? Like you've just been in your own little cocoon of... Get out. He goes, you need to go. And I went, you know what? I think you're right. But it took him to be like, are you serious? And what was he doing up at 6 a.m. too? I have no idea. He's probably trying to get you out of the house so he can start doing something crazy. Right, right, right. So he goes, you need to go. And I was like, called Steph. I'm like, all right, when do you need me to ready? 20 minutes. So check this out. Awesome trip. You know, whatever. I'm so much of a beach girl. But anyway, mountain person. Anyway, like, go. Steph goes to pick up the car in a car, the car garage, which is so cool. The car garages are all under the buildings, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm like, I'll stay here and wait for the kids while you give the guy the ticket. And all of a sudden, I hear her go, my sister was just talking about you. And I hear him, Tracy Morgan, go, your sister? That's right. You met Tracy Morgan. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I saw that picture. Said, I was like, where's your sister? And then she comes up. To, he comes up to me and he's like, he's like, ah, your sister's my type. And I'm like, what? I just binge watched you, man. I was like, your story, though. Literally, dude. I shook his hand and gave him a hug. He introduced us to his family. You know, he was like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a teacher, man. 22 years. He goes, underappreciated and underpaid baby but keep doing you man keep doing you, you got keep keep on the keep doing it and i said you know what dude you keep doing you because i just want you to know i literally just binge watched you in my pjs for like a day and you brought me so much laughter and joy lit him right up 
You know, he's like, this is my brother. This is my mother. This is my other brother. <laughs> he's like, what a, what a picture. And it was just an awesome little reminder of we got to laugh more. And also, every they're, they're everyday people just like us. They're everyday people. People don't understand that. They think there's some super genetic freak or human dude. being. I guess. Super, like when you see an athlete or an Elon yeah. Musk, you think that <laughs> that dude is, yeah, definitely above a, 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 a cut above the rest. But at the same time, he's a person just like us. He likes to party. Yeah. That's why people gave him shit when he smoked the blunt on Joe Rogan. Right. I tell people, you can smoke on my podcast. You can drink on my right, podcast. Right, right. I don't care. Be you. Be I want human. you to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want you sitting here feeling uncomfortable comfortable and not open because that blocks off a whole outlet of our conversation you're Absolutely. i can sense it when you're not i can sense you're very comfortable right now yeah that's why i asked you when you came in do you feel more comfortable sitting in the terrible chair i'm sitting in <laughs> or do you feel more comfortable sitting on the couch dude this picture is adorable like the fact that the you're, lines and everything the fact that you're really. like right there and i still see you as a third grader oh my god that is perfect <laughs> that is a whole this is crazy so unintentional too that's <laughs> like ridiculous there and I'm it's like, a little child yeah. painting of a lion and giraffe and an elephant yeah but I, I i that's what i told my mom i was like i want to have joe rogan made the best he's really what related it to me my mom's like well this table worked for a good podcast area no it won't why it's not too square it's not it's not chest height i was like I, I understand. Like, she understood it, but I told my brother about that. My brother didn't understand at all. You got to understand, when you set up a vibe for the room, mm-hmm. it sets up the vibe for the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's going to let you know it's more open. Joe Rogan talks about it when, in in his in his studio, he has a, a warehouse. It's a giant, like, airplane hangar size studio. Right. On the other side where you don't see, he has his, where, on the other side where you don't see, it's about a room probably from... A lot bigger than this, maybe three times the size of this. Right. And it has nothing but pool tables and all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. in a whole separate room, he's got workout equipment. He's got a giant gym. He has an archery range in his studio. And then in his actual, like, where he records his podcast, mm-hmm. he has a giant wood table around chest height, ergonomic chairs. So where you're not so comfortable, you're leaning slouched down like in a couch, but it's not so strict where you're sitting straight up. Like right. you're feeling like you're being Is interviewed. Is that what you want? No, I, I what I want is I want ergonomic chairs like he how he has. I want the the little computer chairs kind of not I where did. it's like you can slide all the way back, but right. you have the free range to slide. I want mm-hmm. the nice t- marble floor, mm-hmm. you know, that where it doesn't get stopped on carpet. Mm-hmm. I want the wood table that's at chest height that's matched with me, where I can have a microphone right in front of me and headphones on and a computer off to the side. Right, right. And enough so open space keep, to so you have. You just have the to air. keep like visualizing and manifesting that. But I yes. tell you like definitely have a window because yeah that window was huge for you in that classroom right right and yeah that, looking that, out the window that I was, window you saw halfway when i was talking to you i was yeah, looking out the window and i'm like looking at, at the trees at the yeah, time like, talking to you you have to have window you have to have like connection to you have to have the light space. you have to have that the light, light to worker man but also it's like when he talks about the, the the stories like Tom Papa or somebody where he's interviewing in a podcast and they spill coffee when Ron White spilled his drink on the table and he's trying to wipe it up. He's like, no, let it soak into the table. Why? Gives the table character. Right. Puts stories into the table. I'm going to remember, you know, I, I want to get, when I get an actual good coffee table, I want to be able to say that where like someone could ash on the table or someone Absolutely. could do something like that. And somebody, that's the story. It's there now. It's there doesn't, for the podcast. And doesn't everybody have so many stories? Just so many stories. And it's, that's what you want to do. You're like pulling I just, stories I out I just want to be able to create such a comfortable vibe for you mm-hmm. create a comfortable vibe for me i hate when you know i feel like if 
yeah, this podcast starts off between like kind of like an interview. I'm getting your life. I'm more like trying to get your story and out there. But it's a conversation between me and you. We don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. We don't yeah. have to talk about your job. We don't have to talk about I think you. I think it's you can ask awesome. me questions. I can ask you questions. I just want to talk to you. I I, I want to bond with you. Like it's same thing if we weren't recording. If we weren't. And doing wouldn't any this, of this be crap. a cool experiment for kids to actually listen to that don't know how a conversation really goes? You don't. Do under- you know how many people don't know how to communicate you don't understand how many people out there will get something from this that might talk them off the ledge might talk them from a depression absolutely someone that's going to connect maybe not to me maybe hate me you know youtube whatever the comments i don't even there's no point in even reading them there's always going to be someone that doesn't like you there's always going to be something that's going to critique something you say yeah but (laughs) at the same time there's going to be someone that enjoys the person i'm interviewing and they're going to want to hear that episode over and over again whether they mute my volume or not i don't care dude the fact that you can do that i I listen, I started realizing I've been going to the gym every single day for five years. I'm listening to a Joe Rogan podcast that lasts around three hours, which eventually I wish that was my career where I'm so set for life. If I won the Powerball or something, yeah. I would buy the studio and so just have that as my that, day like, job. manifestation stuff? Like do you, the I more believe, things you hear, the more things you see, the more things you imagine you I, can become? I believe we're not just as children balls of clay. I believe throughout the world we're our lifetime we're all being molded and changed. Whether Through it's someone, every experience. whether it's someone pushing your head deeper and deeper down into uh, where the street where your spine is bent and you're yeah. older and you're like all just pissed off at the world, or someone's mm. keeping you erect and just fresh and you're you're standing straight up and being able to smell the clean air. That's when huge. you're bent down. That was beautiful, by the way. It was all out of my. Because head. you think about that, dude. I think, think about, about the, the world. I see someone's face. You see people, You just like you said, bent down. Like at first I was visualizing somebody on the street sidewalk, but then I realized you were like, now Now I see like a person just grumpy, just like head down, shoulders down. Like an down. elderly person looks just a lot more pissed. like worn. It's like yeah. having a t-shirt for too long. Yeah. You know, you're going to get some holes in You're going to get some scratches in it. I don't see those holes as bad. I don't see those as turns off. Like Band-Aids, where people want right? to get... Yeah, but where people see, like, oh, that needs that dude needs surgery or major uh, like facelift so oh, he can yeah, get, fix his wrinkles. Those wrinkles are stories. There was a there was a way that your face, your expressions. When you see someone with a lot of wrinkles and they're not mm-hmm. super super old, mm-hmm. it's because you know they make a lot of faces. They, mm-hmm. I, I know that's one problem I'm going to have when I get older is I'm going to have lines on my face. I'm going to look like I have them. I I'm going them. to look like a, a like a Morgan Freeman basically with my face because there's going to be lines. I enjoy to smile. There's going to be mm-hmm. that creases there. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about keeping my face a certain way, falling asleep away a certain night. You know, putting on a mask or something. I'm yeah. not worried about that. I want to be able to be happy, be free, be able to go out it's into the world. It's going to be so much prettier for somebody. your soul. Like, it's going to be so much nicer for your soul to worry about it's all that It's the same inside. thing I was going, I'll go back to getting a card. I That, that brings me more joy. I can, my, you know, someone in my family had a problem with their car. And I can't spend $5 on myself. I spent $30 on myself yesterday for a video game. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest purchase I've ever made on myself throughout this whole entire year. I buy $5 shirts. I don't buy anything expensive. I go thrift shopping. I That's do all awesome. this type of stuff. I love to thrift shop. But it's not a factor of saving money. It's so hard for me to spend money on myself. Why is that? My buddies like this too, and we talked about it last night. You know what my buddy got me for my birthday? 
a 55 inch plasma screen TV. What? He's bringing it over later today because I could not fit it in my car. But I walked into this guest room or like, you know, one of his rooms where he always tells me I can stay at. Mm -hmm. And when I walked in, I thought it was just an empty box. I didn't pay anything attention to it. He goes, did you see your birthday present? I go, what? And he goes, did go back in there and look. And I look and there's a bow on the TV. I'm like, wow. no freaking way. <laughs> you know what? I feel you, dude. I kind of, I kind of was raised that way. And I wasn't expecting Two. that. Do you think that's a product of how you were raised? I believe not it's... to put like monu you know, money into materialistic label BS. With your personality, I believe it's about being less selfish and more open to the world. Being more open and caring. Mm -hmm. I feel like a more caring person is more willing to spend their money on going out grocery shopping for their family yeah. and putting buying stuff their family wants or putting the effort into doing that rather than just buying stuff to themselves. Right. There's some people out there that'll spend $80 on themselves and won't spend a penny on somebody else that they love, apparently. You know, there's mm -hmm. someone that won't take the time to call them, still won't take mm -hmm. the time. You know, I don't make as many phone calls as I should. Just Isn't that crazy? I have a good busy. friend of mine and he's like, Dude, don't text me. <coughs> he, Call me. That's he, he, how like, I lived am. in I Costa Rica texts. for a long time. And he's like totally behind the times is what he says. You know, doesn't Facebook, doesn't Instagram, doesn't Snapchat. We'll try it a little bit. But he's like, dude, don't text me, man. Human voice, human voice. Need to hear that voice. Yeah, I need to see. That's the same thing with one of my favorite comedians, Joey Diaz. If you ever know who he is, mm -hmm. he played in The Longest Yard. He was the fat guy that. Um, you know, Tracy Morgan was in The Longest Yard too. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he played a little uh -huh. bit different character than uh -huh. Joey Diaz, but he was the one that got hit so hard. And when he was on the ground, Terry Crews pulls out in the newest one. He pulls out a couple cheeseburgers. Here's a McDouble or whatever, yeah. and he goes, "Does that have cheese on it?" <laughs> like he places it beside him. Give me a can of corn, and I'll be uh, fine. I, that guy. Oh uh, yeah, but. He um he has the thing. He's like he he'll call you and then call you and if you don't answer, most people stop calling. No, he keeps no. calling you so, until dude, you that's answer. The same way and he, he literally says, "When I call, you pick up the phone." That's it. You see, I call you, pick up the phone. Yeah. You call me back. Don't text me. Don't do any of that. You yeah. call me. That's same thing with I uh -huh. am. I'm not gonna bug you, but if you miss a call from me, you don't. You know that type of stuff. It's like, look, I need. I like the phone conversation. I hate sending a text. I hate having hearing my phone go mm -hmm. off. I keep it on vibrator. Mm -hmm. I leave it in my car. I don't mm -hmm. like going out into the world and seeing every Pee kid down. looking down bumping into you oh they don't even apologize so new york city i'm like sir i'm that yeah i'm three years old yeah or not three years old i'm three years older than you and you know it's the fact that you're not taking the time to be as mature as i am and mm. be able to be open to the world especially mm. when you see somebody texting and driving and you're sitting there uh, waiting behind them at a, at a green light that's hard go 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 and then the light turns yellow and they go and so then you you're stuck at the red light crazy mm. This is the thing. I love back roads. I love back roads because I do get irritated when I'm at a stoplight. Like, to go from Berlin to Westo, I will not take 50. I like the scenery, too. Exactly. Water, no traffic lights. But seeing people interact, you know, another thing that really drives me nuts is seeing parents smoke in their vehicle with their kids. Like, and it's against Maryland law now. That's a big thing with addiction too, just because with cigarettes, like you like roll your window down. You don't understand that air needs to find a way out, so it's gonna go out their window. Yeah, exactly. And most parents think if they roll their kid's window down, the kid will be able to breathe fresh air. I remember being a kid and my parents would smoke in the car, and I'd always stick my head out the window yes. like I was a dog trying to get fresh right, air and right. stuff. And it, it might I might have been over exaggerating when it comes to that, but it's like at the same time, when they're at that age, they're they're so formative too. Mm -hmm. You're a 
you know, it's like I said, you're a ball of clay, basically, and you're like that through life, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you're so sensitive. It's when you see a little baby or someone at a concert, mm -hmm. and you see that they have headphones on, mm -hmm. or they're plugging their ears. Mm -hmm. Their ears are still kind of new to this world. They're mm -hmm. not as in tune. They say, you know, if it's too loud, you're too old. You know, older people can need louder music and stuff like that mm -hmm. because, you know, they can't hear as well. Mm -hmm. Their ears have been here longer than you. They've had their hearing longer than you. Their eyes, when eyes get weak when you get older they've been around longer they're not as fresh right. and it's if you start poisoning that stuff at such a young age mm -hmm. it's going to affect them to the rest of their life totally so um dude i don't know where i was going with that it was definitely something you said about eyes though like i am i'm definitely noticing how right now like i just turned 44 like my eyes i have to wear readers now to read <laughs> It's it sucks at Tony and it's technology's fault too. Oh, and that's how close you're sitting to your TV. My buddy got me a 55 inch TV. I'm yeah. so excited about. All right. But at the same time, I'm nervous because my room is not the biggest room. I have enough space for my bed. When I'm laying down, I'm at the foot of my bed playing video games, and the TV is literally where mm. you're at, right in mm. front of me, arm's length away. And it's like that 55 inch TV. I want to be sitting back to the wall, like oh my god. And especially at night when I have Netflix going, I'm trying yeah. to fall asleep. Yeah. That's gonna illuminate my whole room. It really is it's gonna give you a whole new sense of energy in that room in new york city right in times square literally like you feel like you're in miami miami international airport man I'll never forget that feeling of being like a cow you know going through like that's what you felt like you felt like an animal being pushed through these lines right going to slaughter is what you feel like so in times square and note like again locals they're not on their phones dude they are looking up they're navigating they know you have to look up man this one old man was like, get the f off your phones, people. Walk. Yelled. Because of the amount of tourists who were on their phones, on Google Maps, on TripAdvisor, whatever, trying to figure out where the hell they were going. You know what I mean? Okay, so why do you have to do that anymore? What is wrong with... Dude, when I was in college, I didn't have this stuff. I left college. My friends would be like, hey, you want to go to ECU? Hey, it's Halloween. Hey, you want to go to NC State? You want to go to Chapel Hill? You want to go, like, we would get in the vehicle, we would follow the signs, and we would get where we were going. There's there's definitely good parts. And yes, we got lost every now yeah. and then. And when we got lost, it was super fun. There's good parts about that, but that's also what creates a story. Like I said, that's that's like that's like a stain on the coffee table. Yeah. You know, when you don't know where you're going and you don't have your phone, yeah. if your phone's dead, you don't have the ability to pull out GPS or you're out over your data limit and you right. can't use it. Right. It's like, okay, this is about to get interesting because I'm lost. I have no idea where to go and we're trying to find this hotel, especially right. when you're traveling. There's good parts about that and then there's times where it's like, look, I just need to lie down. I just want to get yeah, somewhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're if you not in that at that moment where it's like, I need to get there now or do something, you're not in a hurry, then why just not? enjoy it. Go shoot the shit, enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy the freaking ride, man, right? right? So, I mean, in New York City, it's pretty easy. Like, I love Key West. Definitely going to end up retiring there. It's a freaking rock and it's horizontal and vertical lines. Very few diagonal streets, Right. Yeah. Same way in New York City. This guy was like, get off your phones, man. Just walk. Look up. He was like about to lose it. Come back to the real world. <laughs> That's Rob. People, were, people that weren't from there were holding on to their family members shoulder style. Like, you know, the, the, what is that? Yeah. Dance we used to do. The, uh, the uh, 
Kukura, whatever it is. I don't even know. The conga line? <laughs> the conga line. Kukuracha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were holding on to each other so they would not lose each other. Because mm. that's the way it is right there in Times Square. Right? I went through that twice. And my sister was like, what do you want to do? I'm like, dude, can we head towards Chinatown? Like, can we go somewhere? Let's get real. Let's just get lost. She was like, yeah, this is this is too much for me. I'm like, mm-mm. I'm not built for this, man. See, what scares me is about New York is not that, like, everyone being on their phones, but also the fact that, like, there's everything's advertisements everywhere oh, on dude, TV. that's what I mean. Your eyes have to be taking such a beating all day. And it's the same thing. I have people that work for, that were from New York that work at my work, mm-hmm. and they smoke constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's going to kill you one day. They're like, no. It, in New York, it's a common thing that, you know, all those cars being in together, not mm-hmm. just emissions from that. Let me see it. Brake dust. Brake dust. Who would have thought of that? 30 years. They took a, a lungs of someone that never smoked a cigarette, <gasps> was in New York for 30 <gasps> years, living the daily streets. And then someone that was 30 years old that smoked heavily, constantly, every day. The New Yorker had more black tar on his lungs, not from not from smoking, but from brake dust. Inhaling that, it sticks inside of you. That's why when they come down here and they talk about it, like I'm like, why do you smoke so much? I've I've been around, you know, I lived in New York. I brake dust, man, was way worse. No and you're smoking way. cigarettes. Because physically when you go to a heavy populated area and then you come out to a country, the yeah. air smells different. It yeah. smells nicer. Well, and that's the thing, man. We are going through that tunnel to get there and and I was like, and Steph was like, dude, when we come out of here, boys, we're going to be in the city, New Jersey. You know, you come out here and you're Hold in New your York. breath. Way of the windows up. And the, bo- and the boys, but my, my nephew, his name's Wyatt. He's the oldest. Dude, we were leaving after we met Tracy Morgan. We're in the vehicle. Steph's navigating us out. And he just goes, Mom, I don't know what's wrong with me. She's like, what's up, buddy? What's wrong? He was like, my brain, man, my brain is just over overloaded right now. And she was like, okay, just remember, what did, what did Chrissy teach you? Not me, Chrissy from Zena, you know, breathing. Mm-hmm. She works with kids with anything, but he doesn't have any anxiety, but he was so freaking overloaded, sensory overload. She was like, dude, just breathe. Remember how to deep breathe. Going back to that breathing, like Chrissy taught you, out like a light. Man, that's got to be the same thing with like what babies go through when they're born into this world. They're getting uh, every single sense, touch, depends everything. On, depends on how they were born, right? That's a whole another. That's a you talk to a nurse about mm. that. Like, Just the hearing and everything. Like you're you're taking in sounds you've never heard before, sights you never heard before. I mean. Hell, when I see something that's, you know, new to me and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that before. Mm -hmm. But imagine taking all everything in like multiple different new things in at once. Mm -hmm. Not just like. That's what happens in my nephews. Do you ever sit and just enjoy the taste of what you're eating? Yeah. It's so important. So neglected in society now that I think about that. People are just shoving it in there. Like, I mean, I understand too, like eating's a task I see is getting it done. But there are people like. I understand where food becomes an addiction, where Absolutely. they're trying to enjoy every bite and just, you know, I now I think about it. My grandma, where she used to just suck on potato chips, she used to take one at a time, and I was just a kid, handful after handful after yeah. handful, just eating to eating till I was full. But her taking the time to set out a nice little bowl, take a chip, put it in her mouth, enjoy it, piece of popcorn, something hard candy. That's why they have hard candies. I love going to my grandma's house. She hands me a hard candy. Those Werther's Originals. Uh, The ones that last 80,000 million years (laughs) through a nuclear holocaust or anything. You know what? But like the food addiction piece is huge too. I've started to have kids notice more students. 
in my classroom with that just recently. Just a nice little crap of them. You know what I mean? You're just eating too much or eating too little? Well, there's, there's the eating too much and that those are usually the kids that um, don't have too much out of anything. Either don't have food or... Right. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, our system is set, was set up and I think still is set up to, you know, the families that need the most nutrition, you know, the most vegetables, the most fruits, the most good proteins are not getting that. You know what I mean? Well, it's hard for a school system because so, a lot of times when they do free lunches too, right? you know, what's the, what are they serving? It's, that. it's pizza. It's, it's starting to get better. Like we have salads. Bomb, I love it, you know what? Sir, school cheeseburgers and hot dogs. What? <laughs> school cheeseburgers are the bombs too. They are the bombs I used to too, crunch man, potato yeah. chips in mine. Dude, but, cheeseburgers, but I, the Crustables. Yeah. Oh my God, the Crustables waking up. Do they still serve the breakfast at for the kids in the morning. Yeah, we do. Do we? But not in the cafeteria. But the free stuff that came no, to the class. We no, we still do, our kids have breakfast in the classroom. Yo, I'm gonna come back just so I can snag a chocolate milk and um, yeah. one of those sausage McMuffins because I would they eat breakfast at home and I would still muffins. come to school and eat the McMuffin. Yes, you man. did. Yo, and you used I to light stocked up. up on those. You used man. to light up, and I think he used to ask me for two. That's yeah. That's what I. Oh, and I ate breakfast at home too. Yeah. That's and your mom it, would tell me that's where my childhood obesity would come from. He doesn't need to eat breakfast, and I. I think your mom was one of the ones who made me not let you have breakfast. Yeah, I was so good. I because she knew, she also knew I like the nutritional, <laughs> um, the nutritional value of that stuff. But I have more kids now that have more anxiety. So they're trying to, the only thing that they can control based on what's happening at their house is what they don't eat. Mm. So I've, I'm seeing more food addiction with, um, I'm seeing more, I'm not eating. Like, I'm. this is the only time I get food. I might not eat for the rest of the day. It's a lot when it comes on. Um, our work has, uh, we have Russian students and foreign students that come mm-hmm. during the summertime mm-hmm. to work. They eat as much as they possibly can because our work serves free food, like at lunch, like there's certain times. They come down there plate after plate after plate, don't save anybody, don't care about anybody else but themselves for it. Mm-hmm. And they just go plate after plate because they will not eat the rest of the night. They try and save all their money. They live 12, Isn't 13 that, of them in dude. a house at a time. Man, they all I know. take showers. Like they, like they bring their clothes into work to wash at work because yep. they don't want to spend money on doing it themselves because they bring all their money back home. But... I found out you can sell Levi's pants at back there for if you buy them ten bucks here or something. Yeah. You can sell them fifty dollars over there. You can sell them for way more, and that's just because of economy issues too. And it's so hard to like be able like teachers being. I mean, we're all affected in this world by every sing every single influence, everything. But it's like you know, teachers have to deal with it the most too, especially when you're trying to shape a mind of someone that's going to end up putting into what this world has to offer. Yeah, I had, I had, I mean, literally the ones that don't eat are the one, usually the not, usually they have plenty of food at home. Usually it could be like the parent is forcing them to eat a certain way. So when they're at school, you know, of course they're packed lunch, you know, but they choose, they might choose not to eat because they can control that there at school. Like, I'm not going to eat because nobody's making me eat, you know? Yeah. I'm starting to see that more. But anxiety is huge. I mean, hey. I mean, they're going through as much stress as an older person is, especially the anxiety rates in teens 
and in young oh. children has been on this heavy incline heavy, for heavy. a long time now. Dude. And it's getting worse every <clears throat> single year. I mean, that's a big stress with technology. The first thing they get is, you know, there's, I get, sometimes I get Amber alerts on my phone. Mm-hmm. That gives me anxiety. And, you mm-hmm. know, a kid sees that and might not think up about it at that moment as important as it is. But, you know, understanding from like, a, a, like how I'm getting, I don't have any kids myself, but I understand how my parents view me. Mm-hmm. I understand how important it is that you brought something into this world and mm-hmm. you know you watched it grow up and it's now like on its own doing mm-hmm. its own thing scary. i understand that and it's your that's something you're you're worried about until the day you die you always right? are going to be worried about your kids yeah my mom's always worried about me and it's like the fact like you know those kids don't understand it at that moment they're more absorbed to only their realm only goes to as far as they can really see as as their reach goes they don't have a car yet you don't understand the whole how big you're perspective gets it's like the dome of your life and mine just got bigger when you get keys to a car and then imagine being able to travel anywhere imagine That's the being thing. able to do anything see like travel that. is huge like i didn't get to experience travel so now i'm in that phase in my life where like i try to pick a word every year my my freaking word this year is adventure like i want to get in my jeep and i want to just roll with it you know go more places get on a plane Save some money. Work an extra job. Get on a plane. Go somewhere I've never been before. I had a really good question to ask you. Okay. If I had to, cho- if you had to choose between free gas for a year, mm-hmm. free air travel for a year, mm-hmm. or um, ten billion dollars, which one would you take? Jeez, dude. Because I asked my buddy that last night, and he was like, ten billion dollars, no, no doubt. I was like, yeah, but if you're doing free gas. Imagine free food for, or or free gas for 20 years, free food for 20 years, free travel for 20 years, free, you know, it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the second, the, my first inclination was the free travel because that is what I want to do. Like I feel my soul, my spirit wanting to fly. Like I feel it wanting to go to new places that I've never been, right? My buddy John Bunk, um, he's someone I want to have on the podcast. He's like a local little skate guy. Yeah. But um, he travels. He just got back from Greece. That's the one place I've dreamed of growing. You know, the one thing I'm super obsessed with, and it's the reason why I just bought this new video game is because it happens to do with it, Greek mythology. I love Greek mythology. I, I can name you all the gods. I can name them in Roman. I can name... I know I'm... Just obsessed with Did those stories. Did you ever stories. watch that one movie, man? When I was a kid, there was a movie in Greek mythology, and I feel like it was black and white. It was like had the head of Medusa. The guy, the guy had to go and like take her head off. Clash of the Titans. Clash I think of the it Titans. Was. Yeah, with um, it's Perseus. Yes, son of Zeus. Yes, Greek mythology was one of my. Actually, that was something Miss Layman sparked. You know, one interest. thing if you're interested in, I actually said this last night on my podcast. Greek statues, they're all painted. They all have paint on them. They took a black light to the statues. They're not white. They're not pure white. There's paint on them. Like if I see how my yeah, pa- yeah, 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 yeah. see how my pants Who are knew that? see how my pants are red. Right. They're, they they could have been painted like that back in the day. But no we way. so everything you see on so TV with all these white statues, they weren't like that back <laughs> then. Weathering. They all have a giant paint on but through the years and years and years and all the damage they've been through. Yeah. They that's not how it was. But you know what? I'm still thinking about your question. I would take the money just like your buddy. Do you know why? Because you can invest it for your family. That's what his exactly, choice was. Exactly, dude. I have so many family members. I mean, not just family members that are like struggling. Because he asked me this. He asked me a question. He said, "If I could give you ten million dollars, but you had to shoot a gay, or you had to shoot a porno, 
Yeah. Yeah, like it was ten. You get ten million dollars for being in a porno. It doesn't oh. have to be gay. It doesn't. Have to be, it can be straight. It can be whatever you right. want. But I was like, that's a big question because he didn't mention all those little details. I was like, what age am I going to be in the porno? Because mm-hmm. if I'm in it now and it's a straight porno, I'll do it. But if it's yeah. a gay porno, I don't want to take the risk of knowing that I might be gay. Right. It's that. It's that. That's just with my own Isn't mind. Isn't that interesting? How you said that? I was wondering how you're going to come out with that one. You know, like. See, that's how my mind takes that's it. My awesome. mind. He's literally was telling me. He was I think like, that's very important. He was like, to honor. I, he was like, I didn't think of that. Like, I didn't think mm-hmm. all those things you just added in there. I'm just asking if you would. I'm like, you made the question. You was a simple question, but I took it. Uh, my brain took it another route because I'm thinking of every possible outcome. It's the same reason, like I said, I like to do with my podcast. Mm-hmm. When you give me an answer, I'm thinking multiple ways around that. Multiple ways it's going to either affect me personally. Right. Multiple ways I'm going to take it where it's going to interest me in a topic, or is it going to interest someone that might be listening? So, so, so who do you relate to in Greek mythology? Who do I relate like to in Greek mythology? Somebody that you're My just like... favorite person that is a god. If we're asking about gods, I really love um, Poseidon just because I'm obsessed mm. with water and the, how like just I love to enjoy water and the moon too is connected with him. Oh. But also a. I feel like I'm, my personality is a little bit more like Apollo being a little bit flashy and mm-hmm. also wanting to, you know, like the sunrise kind of type deal yeah. where it's like I enjoy the water a lot. So a lot with that's the sun. It, that's it. But just being Apollo when it comes to music and inspiration and creativity, mm-hmm. how he's out, he goes after that passion. I haven't studied that in a long time, but I'm going to. But I want to tell you, dude, you, you just said Poseidon. So... About four years ago. I bought that sea lamp turtle thing. And I have a giant conch I brought back from Hawaii. It was $80. You blow into it, it makes the group call yeah. like you would for a try. What? So about three, four years ago, <clears throat> around this time, I was like, all right, girls, let's load up in the Jeep. Let's go somewhere. And we were into that letterboxing thing. Where I don't know if you know. This is super fun. You, were literally, you would have a stamp, and you would follow clues to places all over this country. And you would find a hidden stamp. Like there's, there's ones hidden all over in Berlin. You have to come. You have to follow the clues to find the stamp. You stamp your book, and then you leave your stamp there. So people, people see that there's still people still letterboxing. So I was into this letterboxing thing, and it said, and it was a riddle, and it had to do with Poseidon. So dag on, if we did not follow the clues, you got to go. Virginia Beach has the best sculpture of Poseidon. Go. go visit. I'm go serious. visit. And inside that sculpture, can't remember exactly where, somewhere around the base, we followed clues to a rock that was um, carved out. You know, you find the rock that's carved out, you pull it out. People are like, what the heck are they doing, man? I know exactly what statue you're talking about, too. Yeah, and I just came up on my time hop. It's on a fountain. There's actually an episode <clears throat> of um, Futurama where they jump into that fountain. Dude, it's amazing because he's got... He, I don't know if it's on a fountain. He's got, he's holding the, what would you call that? Spirit? The trident. That's it. Like Aquaman. Exactly. He's holding that trident, and in the sculpture is like dolphins and a turtle, like coming out of the sculpture. It's in Virginia Beach, and I took the girls to see that, and it was awesome. And then we came back home. <laughs> My buddy's like, I don't like, my buddy just told me I like looking at the statue's crotches, that's why. Because they're all like naked and everything. I'm like, no. I mean, they they have a chiseled physique I admire 100% being a gym goer. But actually the fact that um, if you look at a lot of those statues, like the, 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 the amount that someone's creativity and mind sparked that, like 
apparently people have seen like Zeus and all these like in a, Zeus in the form of an eagle and Poseidon in the form of a dolphin or some type of sea foam. You know, Athena was born from uh, just the mind of it was a, a, a headache of Zeus that just bursted out of his head. And that's why she's the goddess of wisdom. Right. And like that type of stuff. And it's like. Aphrodite came out of the sea foam and was born out of sea foam between mm-hmm. it was a mix between Poseidon and somebody else in the sea and like with these gods we know about the major Greek gods the 12 major Greek gods Hephaestus I would love to be relate to just being the fact that he's a blacksmith so what they picture him at as like a, a rugged dirty man but he's ripped right he's jacked from working on the forge all day I've crafting never heard weapons about him. and Ares, god of mm-hmm. war, the most one of the most popular, you know, one of the major ones. You know about the three basic ones, mm-hmm. obviously Zeus, Poseidon, and right. Hades, all three <clears throat> brothers that banished their father, um, Kronos, right. who was eating all their brothers and siblings. But there's Oceanus, which is mm-hmm. the titan of the sea. There's there were titans that are older than the gods, and the Greek gods just became like the little parent, like the children that took over. And it was like you hear about all this stuff, but those titans are the primordial stuff you can't kill and that type of stuff like in every greek god movie or something there's always a titan or something that they mm-hmm. have to fight titans represent like the like god's created man what the whole point was god created mankind so have you ever seen wrath of the titans or the newer version mm-hmm. where all there's all little gold statues of people lined up in like the temple of the gods the the Parthenon and everything like that. Right, right. All the little that. statues. Well, when the Kraken comes to the town and oh. starts wrecking the whole town, yeah. all the statues are falling off the walls and yes. crashing and breaking. Yes. Those are all the people losing their lives. Yes. Because apparently Zeus created mankind and all this stuff. And then they, they you know, once we stopped praying, they started losing their powers. And that's the, the newest ones about and stuff. Like, I dive into all that. I like reading those little stories about the demigods. I saw every Percy Jackson movie. I saw, Percy remember, Jackson was the, bomb. the Hercules movies Dude. you used to play all the time, yes. the cartoon one. Yeah, but like, it per- deals with but so Percy much. Percy Jackson was the bomb. Zoe was really into that. You know, you talked about the moon. Do you feel the effect of the moon? Some days I get like I feel like I'm restless when the moon's like all the way up in the sky and it's really big. Cool. Like I like I'll be I'll like I'll be like not be able to sleep and I'm like yes. wondering why there's so much light coming in so my I was room right now. Asking you that because you mentioned how you've been getting up and everything. I mean I'm a creature of the sea, right? Like I know that. I mean just I eat everything up. that comes out of the sea. I too. have to be around the sea, the ocean. The I'll water. eat a shark's butt. I don't care. Yeah. It's delicious. I love everything shark out butt. of the sea. I'm shark found butt. anything Ooh-ha-ha. that's bad. Shark butt. Shark shark bait. <laughs> but um I am so affected by the moon. So just start paying attention to that. I I have a friend who literally is like, dude, it's a full moon, leave Chrissy alone. Yeah. You know, you don't turn into Michael Jackson's like thriller where you turn into the way. Sometimes I do. <laughs> you just get, you, you just, you feel a sense of calming. Dude, like, I always, there's was... nothing I love more than waking up in the morning with, or like being up in the middle of the night with a coffee or like a decaf uh-huh. or something a tea. and just stepping outside and uh, hearing like if it's a light rain yes, and just hearing it pitter and patter off the trees. Dude, I love it. Oh. I I love. When I woke up this morning, I well, I see, but I was my dad brought me. Fresh. My dad brought me up on the water in the woods, like trout. You know, hey, we're going in the woods today, and we're gonna walk. And he would sit. We would just sit and listen. We would just sit, and that's something that's definitely you need to teach. So we're teaching that in our school now. Is mindfulness, dude? It's freaking amazing. 
I actually look forward to going to school after announcements. We do this little program called Mind Yeti. And, dude, they teach the kids how to breathe. And there's, like, a person in the background talking about one of them was like, be the rock today. Instead of being angry with your friend or be a rock. Don't let other, I mean, it's just different, different things. And these little kindergarten, first, second, and third, and fourth grade kids are listening to this with their eyes closed, just chilling and breathing. You know? That simple stuff adds so much into a and child's do, life and it's so formative. And the kids, the kids that I would have expected, like my little dude that I had to like tape a box around his desk, you know, just stand, man, just stand. My little dude, he is literally like. Yeah, that's where yoga plays a big major thing. You know, too. I never really got into like all the poses and going into class and stuff like that. But it's it takes a lot of strength to it, do a lot of those poses. It's, man. it's I mean, it's it's something also for your mind where you wake up and you see like a sunset. That's what I did on oh, my birthday morning. I woke up super early and went in like saw the ocean. We live right here, and I watched the sunrise. It was beautiful. No, mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Why don't you sleep in? You're off." It's like, mm-hmm. no. I want to enjoy and make this day my own. So I figured out, like, I have to live somewhere where I live now. Sold my piece of property in my family unit, you know, after 23 years of living in it. Sold it, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing that could happen to me, that I have to sell this house. But it ended up being one of those things that have propelled me into where I'm supposed to be. Because if I want to sell that property, I wouldn't realize how much I love seeing the sun rise every morning on one side and seeing it set every day. I didn't have that in Westo because I was woods, you know? I wasn't. Yeah. And now I'm like, thank you. Thank you for selling that house because I realized, you know, I love the sunrise and I love the sunset. Hang on. Sorry, we, we just had, we're, we're on pause now. We had to pause for a quick second. And you're talking about, like, I mean, yoga, like, seeing a sunrise and you said living in the woods and stuff. like, Dude, I mean, you, sometimes you get really scared of letting go of those patterns that you've had your entire life, right? Yeah. And I was really scared of letting go of the fact that I am selling my property that I have owned since 1996 that my dad and mom totally hooked me up with, you know? My dad bought a very... My dad and mother, very successful West Ocean City real estate, you know, company. Like, dude, this was my family heritage to, to live and die on this property. Super hard to let go of that pattern. But if I wouldn't have let go of that pattern, it's kind of like a butterfly. Seriously let go of the entire chrysalis and just freaking into a new experience. If I wouldn't have sold that property, I would not be where I am right now and I did not ever want to sell that property but now I know sometimes life-changing moments and like stuff you never like honestly like you were just saying how you didn't want to let it go mm-hmm. sometimes there's a, a, a light to it too you Absolutely. have to try and find that and that's why I try and say to people like look for the goodness in the world there's going to be times like I, I know my grandma misses the house she sold in Florida waking up on there I miss because mm-hmm. I have my memories were in that house mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and it's like I do miss this, but, you know, it brought her closer to her family down here. It brought her being able to have that type of joy. And, yes, she always says she wants to go back. And I told her one day if I made enough money, I would send her and buy her old house back, buy everything back Mm -hmm. for her. Yeah, those are dreams, but she gets a good feeling out of knowing that, like, I'm there for her if she Mm -hmm. ever needs me. 
and letting go of things. It's it's a big it's a big step. It's a huge step. And, and I mean, that even sucks those for a teacher patterns. too. All right, you got yeah, so to gotta relate to that too. Uh, being I mean, a teacher, it was financial, not just like, not just financially mm -hmm. doing that, but you're 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 putting time and effort and in, in put investing your own like specific emotions into each of your students, and you're getting yeah. a fresh batch every, every year. year you're losing. It's, it's like, like a new year. It's like when I asked my teacher one time, "How do you feel after you know teaching us all this stuff?" And you're gone. He's like, "I'm sad. Why?" Because now I have to teach a whole new group of kids. Right, it's right. like you're re you're restarting your progress all over again. You're so always constantly totally, restarting but the process. The best feeling is when they come back, just like you. You know, like dude, the best feeling is when they come back. That Man. brings me to the question I wanted to ask you: How does it feel seeing me now that I'm officially an adult, basically eleven years later, right. and just well, more than eleven years actually? It should be like sixteen years later. Okay, so I had you when you were like eight. Because I graduated, because if I was in third grade, and mm -hmm. then 12 years later, I went through, what? no, wait, it'd be 11 years later, so that would be all the rest of my school years, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then, yeah, that's about five or six, I think I've been out of high school since 2012, so mm -hmm. it's about seven years now, or no, mm -hmm. more than that, way more than that, 17 years. I mean, I feel a huge sense of inspiration, like... Do you? Dude, I mean, I do. Like, do I make you proud? I don't mean to get to that corny, but man. But see, I to knew see where that. my head's at, though. But I knew that because at that, you, but man. at that time, nobody knew. else knew that. No, and your you, mom you, did. you your specifically did. like found yep. that soul essence that yep. crafted, you know, like to who I've really become today. And even though, like, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting all my progress in life towards what you've done, but just the fact that you've. You've taken that, you took that effort into me knowing that someone that could have an inspiration on that knew that I could make anything possible. Absolutely. And knowing someone else knew that made it possible for me to understand but and your be mom able to capture that. But your mom first, and I want you to remember that. Oh, I will. I want you to remember that because, dude, when she came in and she, she poured her soul into me with like, this is my Robbie, she would say. She was like, this, this is, I need, I need you. And it was crazy because she, I mean, we connected instantly like I'd known your mom forever and I was like I will make him my own I got you you know and you could see this the stress just whew, out of your mom she's like okay this is where he needs to be and I remember her actually like touching my arm you know and looking at Dr. Gaz and being like okay because I think your mom took a tour first before yeah. she decided and she was like yeah this is where he needs to be well you know? she she really saw it in my eyes the day I I was like like staying home from school, being sick. No, you're going to school. I was like, no, I'm not going into yeah. that school anymore. And That's she saw like that you took a stand for yourself. She called my dad. Well, I locked myself in the bathroom. She yeah. called my dad. Was like, all right, yeah, we need to get him a new school or something. I'm gonna go. And later that day, actually, not even like an hour. It was still in the morning. Like mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure breakfast wasn't even over yet. Mm -hmm. She started looking up schools mm -hmm. and stuff, and and she found Buckingham was right nearby, and she yeah. took me straight over there, and we toured that school. I walked in, yep. and they, I did. The intro class was in the wrong class. Yes. I went to a different one, and it was because uh, I knew Jenna Loopy Walk was yeah. one of the. I don't mean to shout her out, but <laughs> one of the um, one of the kids that was supposed to be in my class that ended up at the beginning of the year transferred. So I just knew her name. I didn't right. know what she looked like or I whatever. You talking like, about well, her. I, I remember I came to class and I was like, well, "What am I going to say when I meet this girl and be like, hey, you know?" 
this is I, I I heard your name. I've never met you before, but bam. But you yeah. remembered hey. that. Yeah, but it, mm-hmm. then the, that class that I was gonna that I wanted to get put in was full, and they brought me to your classroom, Miss yes. Williams. Yes. And that's where I met Matt and all these kids coming up to me. And I remember there's the candy bucket after recess or oh. beginning of class. If you're good, you got jar, candy. Dude. Yeah. I had my candy. Doctor Gaddis used and Mister Shipley. I'm gonna shout them out because they used to steal from my candy jar, man. I had Laffy Taffy. I know they used to stop Laffy by in class in and take it. Why did I have Laffy Taffy? Because the jokes. The jokes on the back, and, and I always the took jokes. the jokes. Yes, I'm surprised you remembered that. I always read the. You jokes. You would be like, take it, pull it out of the jar, read the joke. If you like the joke, you take the candy. If you didn't like the joke, you put it back and you yeah, get another yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. And you would take the wrappers home. I would, and you I'd save. I act, I saved them too because I remember my mom threw them out all one time. I don't give out laughing there was a, anymore. There was a drawer. It's, I should. They don't. I don't know if they make. I it can't really. Do, they do. I put it in my girl's stockings. You can't really because you can't really give out too much candy anymore. That's got to suck. Someone has a nut allergy. I was talking about that oh, yesterday. Dude, it's just not. Nuts. I feel like the nut allergies popped out of nowhere. Everyone just started it's being red really, dye really too. allergic. It's red dye. Red dye number one, red dye number two. It's, it's like insane. Now you can't even bring treats. Like there's all that stuff. Like, dude, my treat jar is like Not stickers. just field trips looking forward to in class, getting mm-hmm. out of school and just mm-hmm. doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that like, yo, it's, you can't bring, have Christmas parties or anything like that anymore. You're right, dude. You I can't. Do. We still do the Polar Nobody can Express bake cookies. You have to ask everyone. Yeah. Do you have a certain allergy to this? Do you have yeah. a certain allergy to that? And there's always that one kid. I can't have peanut butter. Dude, oh, then no one, one can have peanut butter. <clears throat> I had that one kid. Didn't even know she was allergic to anything. Went to gym. That's got to suck because you're in. Uh, they're such a young age. You don't know all their allergies. Dude, she was a transfer. She went to yeah. gym. I happened to go to the bathroom in the nurse's office and her, she was in anaphylactic shock. They were calling the ambulance. Her lips were huge. Her throat was swollen. Everything. Do you know what they found out she was allergic to? What? Heat. Oh, my God. Dude, when I, it was insane. Like, she went into, like, okay, she needs a 504. We got to protect her. My grandfather's like, allergic to the sun. He can't be out in yeah. it for too long. He's pale skin. He'll start getting, like, white sun bleach spots. Yeah. Imagine being allergic to water. Dude, Imagine heat. being, oh, my God. So, Jim was out of the question. If it's a hot day, you and can't then, go outside. And then, like, whenever, yeah, she would get the special thing so that she would instantly cool down. Some some people Epi-Pen. just have the have just a roll like, of, a bad roll of the dice right. when it comes to we that. Should, I know. We should but, live a, I don't complain about too much, man. But it's, yeah, I mean, definitely I think, you know, okay, your car won't start. You know, you could be allergic to the freaking sun. Uh, you could be allergic to certain type of pollen in the air that can't, that chokes you up and bees kills you from huge. breathing. They're beneficial, but they're also, you know, killers too. I love too. bees, but man, we have a lot of kids that are allergic to bees. And if you don't know it, and they're on your playground, and they get stung, you know, you know, one thing you need to look out for in 2019, the What's bee that? population in 2018 actually increased. Bees are making a comeback. That's awesome. And also, um, and I forgot, I was going to say, mention this during the podcast, um, that I mentioned it, that we talked about yesterday about, uh, just development, but it'll come back to me. But in 2019, there's, there's, there's some good things hopefully coming down our way. And I'm, I feel it. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have it down that, we're, like I said, we're going to become more open. Where technology is advancing and it's getting scary, it's also getting beautiful. I do believe we need, all need to take a minute to set our phones down and, and you know, relax and have a, a nice I mean, chat with somebody. it has been two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. I haven't even looked at my phone. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy, We've been right? in a great conversation. Someone could have called you and been like, hey, there's a, oh, your house mode. is on fire. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. So but fly in the friendly skies, a conversation it's, it's, on airplane it's, it's mode. It's a wonderful feeling, and oh. I get it. I get it. You got you got some things going, and you know. um, I really appreciate you taking the time Dude, I'm super out proud of, of your you, day. Man. I'm really glad to hear that because that's that's the one thing that really brings me joy. But I knew that. But I knew you would be just fine, dude. You have, you know, you you had that spark. I'm trying to make it in this world as much as anybody else is trying to make it. I'm Everybody's just trying. To, just trying to I want to be able it. to. I think what I figured out at a young age was whether it's wanting to be on screen and making someone laugh, like mm-hmm. being a comedian or mm-hmm. being an actor, mm-hmm. you know, finding that type of passion. I really just want to make someone smile. It doesn't have to be a million people. I would love it. I would love me to be able to reach out to the world right. and be able to make everyone smile and get laughter. But at the same time, baby steps, I, man. You know, baby steps. And change what you change and try to change. Start with, you know, be the change you wish to see. One of my favorite quotes. Gandhi, Gandhi. be the change you wish to see in Dude, the world. It's huge to me. Yeah. Start with you. Start with this little place right here, man. You know, and then get get bigger if it comes. You know what I heard last night? I never knew, but Joe Rogan has a really good thing, and he says people are like sandcastles, and the way he like compares it to is people are like sandcastles because we're temporary and he compares it to going to the gym he said you know that person knows that they're not bodies not forever their minds not forever but god damn it they're gonna make it you know theirs and they're gonna make it beautiful mm-hmm. as much as they can Dude, there's I gonna be that wave that comes Jimmy up Hendrix and crashes. In my head. there's gonna be that wave that comes up and crashes Absolutely. your sandcastle but that doesn't mean you can't rebuild, rebuild. and you can't bring it back everything in this world is temporary everything. money's temporary mm-hmm. especially money you burn through that mm-hmm. fast but life is temporary mm-hmm. enjoy right. every aspect right. of it if you need fist to go that one right Boom. for sure i just fist bumped my third grade teacher it's a lifelong <laughs> dream come true yeah but it's it's beautiful and you know just make sure you chase it's the best thing i can tell everyone out there is chase every moment like it's your moment you know sing like you're in the light 24 7 that's it do everything for you make the world your year basically make 2019 your year year, this is your year to do something that's right and light other people up Light them up. Not like a football game where you're hitting no, them. But no, no. Light, light them up. Make them smile. Make them, make smile. them enjoy their day. Toss it. If you got money to spend, you know, pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah, be that person that pays uh, my postage. Go to the dollar that. store. Find someone yeah. that doesn't have much. I had and a just parent pay my postage ripping. at the post office, man. I was like, what? What do you mean? You know? The world's changing, and we got to change, too. But yeah. let's not change it for the bad. Let's change it for the good. Yes. So thank you, Miss Williams, thank for doing you. my Super podcast. Proud of you. And good luck to everyone out there. And let's hope 2019 is a good 2019. year. 2019.